conservative, heterosexual, gun-toting, football-loving, evangelical Christian white men. In other words, the two most dangerous men in America, Rick and Bubba. Six minutes past the hour. Here we come. We go get you. Speedy, the real Greg Burgess, Helmsy, Eddie Van Adler, all here. There's the Hash Brown Hero. He'll take your phone calls at 866-WE-BE-BIG, and we'll roll through some more of those uh, coming up this hour and throughout the show. Uh, Team Rick and Bubba all on the field. I be Rick, and look over there. There's just Bubba. I be Bubba. There's Glad it. to be here. There he is, right there. there. That's there him. Uh, so we, we were discussing in the break, uh, one of the callers mentioned last hour on the phone troll, uh, I did watch a lot of the documentaries, and, and, and I think he made a point that was important. He said that his, his children – uh, his foster kids were going to to school, and when when he when they got home and they want to talk about nine eleven, the kids had not really been told told anything about it. Now, I, I certainly hope that this has now been included in history class. Uh, I hope uh, we asked this yesterday on the kickoff hour. Yeah, and we actually had there was an algebra teacher that actually sent us an email and said, "Hey, look, I don't teach history. I'm actually in the math world, but I actually do this." on this day every year. And based off the emails that I got yesterday from teachers all over the country, it's almost like it's up to them. Like whatever. I don't know. Well, I'm sure it's going on in history class. Well, that's what I want to know but, because the War of 1812 is not up to you. I know. I, I mean, no, no, I mean no, no, I get it's that. a part of history. Right. I, get I mean, it. so, I mean, it, it, has it made it into our history class? I think it has. Better. Okay. Good. I think it has, yes. Yeah. Uh, but I and think, the I think there it. are also teachers taking it upon themselves to say, I don't like what's being done in history class. Uh, that's so my I'm, next question. I'm going to do what I feel is right in this situation on this particular day. Well, see, now you've answered my second question. Yeah. It's one thing for it to be in history class. How is it presented? And I know that's a broad statement. I don't know what's going on yeah, in I don't school either. systems I don't all over the country. I, don't either. I have no idea. But based off the emails I got yesterday, that's kind of what I took from it. Right. So we were watching some of the stuff, um, and one of the ones, I watched two of them. I actually watched three of them because two of them I was going back and forth. You have the 102 minutes that changed the world, and all that is is chaos. Yeah. It's just whatever footage anybody had. There's no commentator. There's no narrator. Just whatever footage and audio people had, it's just coming at you in mayhem. People who were there when the stuff comes down the street, people falling, hollering, screaming. I mean, that's all it is. And and then some communication that they have with some of the, the firemen and the rescuers and and all that. Then, then I was watching one that has a narrator, you know, which says, "Here's what happened next," and takes you through the timeline. So I watched those, which was in- incredible. And then the one that I guess gave me the most information that I didn't know. You know, most of the others, I was like, "Yeah, I- I've heard all this. I'm just hearing it again," because these are not new documentaries. But the one I guess I'd never watched was Air Force One, and and this is the one that does nothing but stays with the president and and the government on what it was like for you know the whole thing about him going to the school and the reading. We've seen those famous pictures and all that. But it's now interviewing the entire staff that would be willing to be interviewed or that are still alive. And to hear them say, all right, here, here – you know what gets me about this is I didn't know this, and they certainly did it. It was the right thing to do. Talking about what it was like to be getting this information while you look in the president to send their reading books to kids. And they said this was, this was such a nothing day. Even the press corps was like, you know, we were all kind of like, okay, we're going to going to talk about reading today and all mm-hmm. that. It was very low key, very laid back, and uh, 
and and he's sitting there going, at what point do I go in and tell the president we're under attack? Mm-hmm. And you think to yourself, well, isn't that pretty easy? And he was like, well, the protocol is you don't interrupt the president mm-hmm. and if he's in the middle of some presentation until you know exactly right. what you're talking about. And uh, and he talked about that dilemma, like stand there going – and some, finally he said one of the guys – I forget, I don't know everybody's rank or as far as what I mean, where they are in the administration. Yeah. I can't remember everybody's title. But he looked at him to the chief of staff, and one guy looked at him and said, you have to go tell him. That's right. – I mean, yeah. you have to. I mean, this is not a – you have to go. Right. I know it's uncomfortable, but you have you have zero choice. You have to go tell him. Yeah. And so he does, and then, of course, it goes through. But I didn't realize. I've only seen him interrupted twice. Yeah. And once they did Reagan when they had the uh, terror suspect, the Egyptians were trying to – was it the Egyptians? One of them was trying to sneak him out, mm-hmm. and uh, we were watching them and figured that they were going to do that. And he gave the order to take him down. Yeah. And they landed and gave him up. Yeah. Well, it, it and I see here's someone who wants to talk about. Well, let's do this now since that's. You, I don't want somebody to stay on hold because I got some other things I'll say about what we saw, and this is not new. I had just not. Yeah, I'd heard bits and pieces, but this documentary says here's exactly how it all that's went. Uh, Lisa in Alabama, you were going to comment on how this is taught in history at school. Hey guys, yeah, I am a teacher in Alabama on my way to work right now. Thank you for and what you do. I teach English. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you, te- <laughs> no, sorry you teach English that. because I got news well, for you. Th- this. this show must be torture for you. <laughs> but anyway, so th- you teach English it's and history? I'm sorry. I do. I teach English and history. This year, mostly English or all English, though. But the, the thing is, is that we don't want, don't not want to teach it. And I believe every teacher in my school, I ask my students every time they came in yesterday, hey, have your teachers mentioned this or anything? And almost every teacher had mentioned it for them but the problem is or if it's a problem is that you know you get into ninth grade and you might have world history um the next year is world history you know or western civilization the next year is u.s history up to 1877 the next year is 1877 until well that was i'm y'all's age that was the same year's designation as it was when we were in school and yet we've added more history you know, we're now 30 years past that. Right. So I think that's the main thing is that more current history isn't being taught because the designations are at the same point, and we just keep mm-hmm. adding more history to it. I see. And teachers just don't even get to, I mean, very rarely do my history teachers tell me that they've gotten, you know, through Vietnam. Wow. Wow. So we're, it's just so much content when you're talking, you know, 1877 yeah. through 2019. Yeah, it is a lot. It's a lot of content. Yeah, but but this was so that, that would be then. Okay, all right. So you're just saying it just we it we, we don't have room for it. Gosh. Yeah, but right, wouldn't it be good? Yeah. Why wouldn't you take some of the stuff prior to 1877 and get rid of it? And let's talk about things that are well, more relevant today. Just hit the high point, right? Yeah. Exactly. Just yeah. just mention it and move on. Yeah. Not making it a priority to include it is unacceptable, in my opinion. Well, what about this? What if to what you guys are kind of saying? I think we're saying the same thing here. What if you went? All right. Now we got we got a big old sample now. Okay, we're yeah, we're, yeah. we're we we're over two hundred and what forty something years old now, or something like that. So was it two forty? What are we at right now? Two forty two. Somebody do the math. Yeah, right? something like. But anyway, so, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So we, we've got that. We've got this out here, and that's just when we became a country. Of course, you want to teach some stuff about how we became a country. Sure. So I would look down. I'd go revolution, huge. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'd look, oh, yeah. I'd, War of eighteen twelve. Huge. Yes. In biggie. Huge. biggie. You know, and then I'd look up and go, ooh, WW1, big. Yes. WW2, really big. And? Yeah, you know, like that. And I look over here and I. Vietnam, in. Yeah. I, and the, but what I would do is I would say that we don't oh, you have. you going to skip Korea? We, we, we no. don't, but we don't have to land. I know. You know, like y'all were talking about, yeah. it, these things that have now would explain to a student 
These are the things that will make you see why you are living in the current situation that you now live. Right. Right. And, and then you set it up that you've got all the points you need. That It's almost like you become you're, – you're looking at history – for the, for your schools, and you're looking like an NFL team that has that has all this time to get down to 53, and you've got to look at history and say, all right, by this date we got to get down to our 53. Yeah, and and we think that the going through these gigantic events in history will send a student out of this school with a pretty good understanding, and they can make their own conclusions about what they believe and they don't believe, or whether they think it's good, bad. That's not what we're here to do. Right. History is just here's history. Yep. And and you know, and let's let's stay out of chasing the political view here and chasing the agenda here. Here's what happened, good, bad, ugly. So now when you leave, you kind of go, I think I the, the, the country I live in makes a little more sense now. Yeah. Uh, I think I understand its history. I understand our place in the world. I understand the things that I look at and I go, well, gosh, I'm not real proud of my country there. And then I look at things and go, I'll tell you, that was a pretty big thing for our country. And I understand the country I live in and, it, and, and its place in the world a little better. There's a way to do that if you're just willing to put the effort into it. But you're going to have to drop all the agenda-driven stuff. Right. You're just going to have to do history. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in the minutia of it, they can go find somewhere else. But they, they need to know we, we can't just land and never be able to get to Vietnam. I mean, there's a lot left. There is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. Wow. It's a lot to cover. Yeah. But you can do it, but you're going to have to prioritize. Yeah. What is it? We just lost the inability to prioritize in this society. Sounds like it. Takes effort, Rick. It does. There's not a whole lot of that going around. No. We're not good time managers anymore. No. 16 minutes past the hour. More Rick and Bubba next. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. You're listening to The Rick and Bubba Show. 21 minutes now past the hour of The Rick and Bubba Show. Thank you for being with us today. Here we go. All right, as uh, we come back, so we, we, we asked the teacher because she had the update for us, so I want to take that. We were talking about the documentaries last night. The one that probably showed me the most that I, I didn't remember or didn't know was the one and people asked me the name of it, and I can't remember the name of it. It was, um, I think it may have been called Air Force One. I, I don't know. Well, there were some good ones over there. Some great ones. You, it's kind of like when the anniversary of the moon landing came right. up, you see a lot of good stuff, and you see a lot of footage you hadn't seen before. Yeah. yeah. So in this one, it talks about them, you know, getting the word. That they, they talked about how fast the motorcade got back to Air Force One because they kept getting indications, including one call that says, Angel is next. They thought that's what the person said. Um, so they think that now Air Force One, because they said, if you are wanting to attack our country, they thought it was all focused on New York until the Pentagon was hit. Right. And then they thought, okay, now it's going to be an attack on our government as well, not just our financial standing, but our government. All this is symbolism. Right. So the coup de grace is if they could crash something in, that would kill the president, and they know where the president is located because – his itinerary has been public. And so, they, they, so they're they now trying to rush him to Air Force One to get him off the ground because they think it may get targeted while it sits there on the tarmac, that there may be a plane that crashes into it from the sky because they know they're suicide bombers now, for, the, for lack of a better term. 
they know they they'll crash the plane into something. Now, now keep in mind, all the planes wow. have been ordered down at this point, but you can't just disappear mm-hmm. out of the sky. Planes are going to airports they had not planned on landing, mm-hmm. so there's mass confusion right. around. Right. And as literally as they're sitting on the tarmac, they get word the Pentagon's hit. Mm-hmm. So you, that even adds to more confusion going on. Well, that's when they, they say now it's a game changer. Well, they get word. That it's so so many things that were miscommunicated, thankfully, because they ended up not being as bad as they thought. Well, they get the word, the pilot, they're talking to the pilot of Air Force One who's a horse. Now, this is a this is a 747, by the way, but now yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a souped-up 747. Yeah. And he says, I get word as I'm, about, I'm taxiing down the runway, we think we have someone with a long gun at the end of the runway that is going to fire on you. So he turns around and goes the other way and says, to go this way, i got to pick up speed. Because he's taking off with the wind at his back, not in his face like they normally would. I'm basically going to take Air Force One, and you're going to take off like a rocket. I'm going to shoot straight up. And so, what? <laughs> and then they talked to all the press corps and everything. They said, you're in that thing, and then they're telling everybody mm-hmm. to buckle up. And we, they basically shot up, nose up, almost like a rocket. Well, come to find out, it was a photographer a cameraman down there trying to say, trying to get a shot of Air Force One leaving, and they thought it might have been somebody in the woods with a gun because they think that Air Force One is a target. And right. the president Remember the confusion a, we had. They right. got it on even a bigger scale. So now they wow. get up in the air. And they're air, low on fuel, too. Four, right? hours, four hours of fuel. So they get up in the air where the president says, Washington has been attacked. The country needs me in the Oval Office. And they're like, well, we think you're a target, and we don't know what's going on in Washington. Now, at this time, they've got Cheney and Condoleezza Rice down in the bunkers because they think the White House is going to be hit because they know that 93 is coming toward Washington. Well, now, keep in mind, the Pentagon's been hit, so now all sorts of rescue helicopters and stuff are trying to get to the fire. Well, to, to, to them on radar, these are all aircraft. So at one point... They said that Cheney is sitting there, and one of the guys that was part of the administration, he said, we have a we have a, a aircraft coming down the Potomac headed to the White House, and it is seven miles out. And you you got to make a call. We don't know that we can get anybody to even shoot it down. So look, the guy said he was looking at Cheney, and Cheney was talking on the phone like that. He goes, six miles, five miles. Look, and Cheney looks, goes, you're going to have to stop counting. Don't count anymore and brace for impact. Because they realize we can't – there's no way to get anything to this. Well, it turns out it was a helicopter going over to the fire. So it wasn't It wasn't even a, a, an aircraft. But at this point, they think any aircraft could crash into anything at any time. It's total chaos. And then he makes the call, shoot down 93 uh, if, if you cannot get the plane to land or divert or communicate with you. You're going to have to shoot it down. We assume you – know, and it's going to be – American citizens, but we assume that that is another terrorist weapon, yep. and you got to shoot it down. And keep and in mind, we don't know how Cheney. many more are out Cheney. there right now. We don't know what planes are unaccounted mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mass and, chaos. And the communication with President Bush was broke they, down. It was broke down, so yeah, he was they, having to make calls. and, yeah. and Because the, the Air Force One thinks they are now a target. So now he said, I go from 35,000 feet up to 45,000. Well, they thought Air Force One was able to communicate from anywhere, anytime, to and, anybody. And they're circling over North Florida at this time. Yeah, so when they go up to 45,000, the communication doesn't work. So now here's Cheney needing to make a call on shooting down a plane that he needs to get. Now, when it was over, President Bush claims that they did communicate long enough for him to approve it as well. Yeah. 
a lot of historians are saying that's eh, a little shaky, but because we sure can't but, find any documentation of that. But if it the, doesn't matter. If the press it, it is right, out of touch, it's his call. It was. It was still. It was still the right. And they said Cheney did not even check up. He said he didn't even pause on it. Uh, so he, he, and they went to Cheney. Cheney's like, well, I didn't have any choice. There is no choice there. It's a it's a, it's a hard decision. Mm-hmm. But there there's it's not like there's a lot of multiple choices there. And, and as, if I could, as all of this is going on, the backdrop for that day, the Pentagon is holding its annual Global Guardian War Game, and it's in full swing. And what that entails is loading live nuclear weapons onto intercontinental bombers. And in this particular exercise, it was being done at an air base in North Dakota, in Missouri, and at Barksdale Air Force Base in Louisiana. Unbelievable. And the decision is made while they're in the air, and Bush is going nuts. He wants to land so he can talk to the American people. And the Secret Service is not wanting – he's wanting to go to Washington. And they said, absolutely not. We still got planes unaccounted for headed toward Washington. And, and we were talking about this in the break. The Secret Service has been ordered by the president as a standing order to protect the president and the, you know, the assets of the government. So when they think there is a threat, they become in charge. Yeah. So Bush is wanting to order the plane to go to Washington, they and they're to. going, Mr. President, we're not going to Washington. We're in charge until this threat's over. Well, yeah. And, and the decision is made jointly. Then at that point, because they're low on fuel to go to Bartsdale Air Force Base because they know it is secure because it is a nuclear base, and it is more secure because they're doing a live drill. Right. That's but right. at right. the same time, you've got live nuclear weapons on the tarmac. Right. And, and it, they're going to go there and land. They, the chief of staff said the most uncomfortable moment for him was when they literally had to get out the Constitution. He said, we were in a constitutional crisis. And he said, I had to look at the leader of the free world in the face and say, Mr. President, you are not in charge. And he's like, what do you mean I'm not in charge? I'm the president. He said, in this situation, they are in charge. Because you're Until in, we secure you're you. in danger, so we have to do what they say. But at the same time, Cheney has ordered 93 to be shot down. Correct. And then I'd love for you to talk about once he finds out what's going on, he thinks it was his order. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, because they, they, they start talking and say, hey, 93 is down, and then somebody says, you mean it landed? And he said, no, it's down. And she goes, oh, it's and, down. And, and he, he, thinks this, they, he thinks they've shot it down. And during this, the protocol is to go to DEFCON 3, and Putin's trying to get in touch with Bush, won't know what's going on. The gravy, please. 35 minutes past the hour. Rick and Bubba's show. We're back. 866. We be big is our number. All right. So, Speedy, first of all, because there's people, um, and some of the stuff Bubba's talking about is not in, I don't think it is, uh, in the documentary. I'm reading from another source. Bubba's reading from another source, but the stuff I'm talking about, about the president and Air Force One. Uh, and all that back at Washington. The name of that documentary is uh, 9/11 Inside Air Force One. 9/11 Inside Air Force One. We think it's on Apple, and all the, uh, you can go get it. Yeah, I put it in show notes. Yeah, right, for those that want to go, we got a link in show notes, and it was good. But anyway, what I was telling you, the bubble, you can tell us more about the Putin thing and Condoleezza Rice. But but so they've got Condoleezza Rice in a bunker at the White House. They've got Cheney and his group in a bunker in the White House, and they're having to make calls because Air Force One thinks it's in danger. So it has gone up to 45,000 feet, and communication is breaking down, and uh, they're not able to communicate with everybody. Well, at one point, before they got to where they lost communication, Air Force One had requested air support. 
And they said, you know, we've never really had to do air support for Air Force One. So they're trying to get fighter jets to Air Force One, but Air Force One is moving around and maneuvering. And they're like, we think we can have somebody to you in an hour. So for, but it turned out to be an hour and a half. Well, then you kind of, they were talking, you almost forget about that because it's been so long. So they're on Air Force One and they see that they've got two jets approaching them at a, at a rapid speed. And they're like, all right, is this help or is this an attack? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they don't know. And they're all in there looking out the window and there's nothing they can really do because they said Air Force One is, can be defensive, but it doesn't have any offense. Right. <clears throat> and uh, which we might want to, they may have rethought that now. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that it even had a, a heat shield on it that would protect it from a nuclear bomb. Did you know that? And uh, from, yeah. the, <clears throat> but anyway, so. Um, and uh, electromagnetic pulse. Yeah. They, he just said Air Force One is not really designed for a dogfight. No. But, but anyway, no. so, uh, so they're, they, they're thinking, and then they look out the window and they see, they said the coolest thing was when these things finally got close enough that they could communicate with the plane. They were talking to the pilot. He said, there was nothing that sounded sweeter than that Texas accent. <laughs> he said, I was so glad to hear that Texas accent. We're, we're here to protect you. We're now your cover. He said, at that point, we were all like, okay, we, we can all settle now. But then back at Washington. In uh, the bunkers. In the bunkers. And this is not in the special. I'm, I'm putting together this timeline for you. But I told you going into the break, Dick Cheney thinks he has called – for a, a passenger, an American Airlines passenger plane to be shot down by our military, and he thinks that may have happened because they now know 93 is down and has crashed. And he thinks, I just called for them to be shot. Uh, so it takes them a while to figure out that it, it that they, we did not shoot them down. But anyway, so that was, wow. that was a, a, a difficult uh, moment in, in American history. Putin is trying to reach President Bush. He sees what's going on. He doesn't know, and I think from their standpoint, they if this is terrorist, and they've had their run with terrorists too, that they may be targeted also. This may be some, um, you know, uh, end of time, we're going to get all the authorities. He doesn't know what's going on. He does know that the U.S. has gone to DEFCON 3, which by their protocol requires them to start ramping up their nuclear defenses. He's trying to get in touch with Bush. They cannot communicate with Air Force One. But he does get in touch with Condoleezza Rice, who speaks Russian, who speaks to him directly, and assures him that the U.S. is only following their protocol in defense and that they have both agreed they're not under nuclear attack and that they will stand down their nuclear forces. We also, wow, see, that's the whole world. We also discovered during this, and I may have all the organizations wrong. I know NORAD is one. That one, I'm, that one I've got right. And then it was NORAD talking to the bunkers, and mm-hmm. I've given the name of that, that, that name of that bunch. And then the FAA, and what they discovered, which was not good, is you know, you're trying to talk in code because you realize that terrorists and people, this is an attack. We're at war. Mm-hmm. So now they start using their codes. You don't know who's in, who's yeah. out. And, yeah. and we found out that we had not got these organizations are unable to talk to each other because they don't know each other's codes. Mm-hmm. Like you, they literally have the conversation of one of the groups. I can't remember who was, and they were going, "We do not know what that statement means." <laughs> you, and they come back and says, "So and so, so and so, so and so, we do not know what that statement means." So we also learned, "Hey, we got to get in here and be sure everybody knows each other's code language," because uh, we they they weren't not they weren't able to communicate, and so that was that was not good. Uh, so we had mass confusion 
on that, the FAA is is trying. They can't. They don't know what everybody's talking about. They're trying to ask them about because they said when it came to the to the, the these type of airplanes and the way these terrorists flew them, the FAA were the only ones who could see them. So we're, now we're trying. We need to know from the FAA what planes are good or bad. You know, do you have, can you are you communicating with these people and and so they're trying to talk to NORAD and then and then the bunkers are trying to talk to everybody yep. and it, and. and <laughs> And, and the codes and all that were very – they didn't know how to – they didn't understand each other. Well, they said too, Rick, that while there was a lot of confusion, a lot of things did hold up that oh, sure. day yeah. and, and it all worked out. But they said in the past we've also had uh, these things where they realized that, that the, whole, the whole protocol needs to go back and be looked at and worked at, and they have made a lot of changes since 9-11. They talked to the pilot too. I, I may have been the one from Air Force One. I can't remember. But he said he knew that they were in trouble when uh, what, what's the I don't forget the number of the one that hit uh, the Pentagon is that one seventy five no, or, or seventy seven seventy five I think it was the South Tower I don't remember eleven sure. it might 11? have been eleven it might be eleven but anyway, anyway let's see, see. I, I got it marked here um, it, I think you might one seventy five went into the World Trade Center South Tower. Um, the uh, it was flight seventy seven that hit the Pentagon yeah, ninety three okay. was the one that crashed right. in the cornfield correct. Yeah. Right. So and which one north, hit the other tower? The north tower was uh, uh, North Tower was, was flight ninety three. Ninety three. No. no, no, no. I'm sorry, eleven. Eleven. Yeah. So the eleven. So anyway, the one that was headed to the Pentagon, one of the guys said that they did. They did see at the last minute. He said it went right over the White House. Oh, really? And he said when that happened, over the White House. Yes, he said when that happened. He said because nobody gets to fly over the White House, and he said when that plane went over the White House, I knew that it was hit, going to crash into something. And that's when it hit the Pentagon. He said because mm-hmm. that that airspace, no one can fly. Yeah, yeah he, he probably would would have tried to have hit the Capitol or the White House, but it, the Pentagon was such a bigger, easier to spot target from the air. And yeah. you know, you got to you got to think you got a guy flying. Yeah. that don't know what he's doing. And they do believe that ninety three, which uh, our our fellow citizens were able to cause it to be crashed safely out into a field, they took their own lives for the benefit of others, and they're all heroes. Uh, they believe that one from the stuff now that they've investigated the terrorists, that was going to the Capitol. Yeah, they think so. Yeah, so that's where it was trying to get, but it didn't. And uh, because of the people on the plane attacking them, uh, so we're all thankful to them. But the uh, it, that was interesting that you know th- it was another special. It wasn't the one about Air Force One that was talking about Flight 93 from those passenger standpoint of the people talking to their loved ones on the plane and now the recordings that we have. You know, because the, the the terrorist that was flying the plane accidentally twice actually talked to the tower. He was trying to talk to the PA system, to the pastors, trying to get them to calm down by telling them he had a bomb. So when they start talking to their loved ones, I say, hey, this guy claims he's got a bomb. Right. He's told us he's going back to make his demands. So they were pretending to be old hostage uh, um, uh, hijacked people. They were trying to – they made the people on the plane think that they were going by the old protocol. We're going to make demands. And they made a money. mistake of letting them call their loved ones. Yeah, that was a cocky move on their part that cost them, thankfully for, thankfully for us, because now the loved ones are telling their husbands. The, it's the wives, not a hijacking. It's, it's not a hijacking. It's they're, a they're, kamikaze. They're, they've crashed, too, into the World Trade Centers, and so the husband, she said, said to the one of the wives, so you don't think he has a bomb? And she said, and I and really she knows she's she, her, her husband is likely not coming home no matter what happens. Right. So she tells him, I do not think he has a bomb. They're, cra- they're going to crash this into something. So then that's when he said, okay, well, then we're going we're gonna to charge him. 
and um, and, and now, and, but and, but and when he's keying the when he's keying the the mic to, and he's talking to the tower, and you said he's thinking he's talking to the passengers. What are they hearing? They hear him saying, "We have a bomb. Sit down in your seats and be calm. We have a bomb. Don't then, rush us. Don't, don't, don't the tower's going. Excuse me. Yeah. They're trying to figure it out." And then I'm Bubba assuming. said, "One of the planes, because they didn't understand him. One of the other planes says, I heard that communication. He's just said something about a bomb.' I listened to okay. the uh, yeah. I listened to the recording, and you hear the tower trying to talk to him, and and mm-hmm. they're not where they're supposed to be, and they're not responding, and and they're they're talking about the radar where it's at versus where it's supposed to be." And the, and that transmission happens twice, and he's trying to get clarification. And one of the uh, other planes that are listening says he said they had a bomb, and somebody else agrees, and a third one agrees, and then you you hear the mass confusion of it all. Yeah, and but, then they cut their beacon off, so right. they lose them. The only thing they've got then is radar to follow them, and right. it's it's not as accurate as the radar with the beacon on. Right. So anyway, and then you they do have the recording of uh, of them coming. Uh, fighting the terrorist who had killed two people already with the knives, and then mm-hmm. they do finally break their way into the cockpit to not allow it to be crashed into anything in Washington, and they did look out to make sure they were in a rural open area, all very strategic, and uh, they went in and the pilot realized he had no hope now to get to where he was going, that either he was going to die or he was just going to kill these people, so he drove it into the ground. Now, Rick, here are a couple of changes that have been but they made. Did, they since, did save everybody in the Capitol. Right. Yeah. Since 9-11, these changes have been made to uh, help the continuity of government protocol and security uh, in the event of another attack like this. There's a new hardened bunker for White House officials in the Washington, D.C. suburbs that has full communication ability. There's a number, number of mobile missile batteries that are now deployed in the Washington, D.C. area their locations are not disclosed, and they are regularly moved around. And we have a new secure communication system uh, that now can connect all officials, no matter where they are, and they can be in touch during an emergency like 9-11. Yeah. Uh, you, you go back Depending and, on if they're on Air Force One or they're in a bunker or they're in Wyoming. Yeah. yeah. You go into a meeting and go, okay, we thought the Air Force One could communicate from anywhere. How about this? It can't. We need to, we need to make that check. And then these other things you talked about. We'll take your phone calls next. 866-WE-BE-BIG. Lines are available. And uh, we look forward to talking to you when we come back. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba's in Ohio. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Pass the gravy, please. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Ooh, it brings me to my knees. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. I can't Without him, it is eight minutes now to the top of the hour of the Rick and Bubba Show, 866-WE-BE-BIG. Jason out of Birmingham, Alabama, standing by. Jason, welcome to Rick and Bubba. How are you today, buddy? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How about yourself? We're getting after it. Well, you know, we're making it happen. That's true. Y'all do it every day. Thank you. Well, listen, um, what I remember about uh, September 11th is, um, you know, after that happened, Usually, when America was hit by a terrorist, you know, there would be no shortage of people jumping out there saying, yep, that was us, we did it. Well, that was so heinous, you had groups coming out of the wall going, hey, that was most definitely not us. Because they knew the repercussions were going to be huge. Yeah. It may have been me last time, it was not me this time. As a matter of fact, I actually saw, you know, I saw so many different specials yesterday. One of them said that Osama bin Laden grossly underestimated uh, how much... Uh, was coming 
uh, from from the United States and our allies. I, he he knew we'd have some reaction, but they said he did not know the devastation that we would unleash. It, it was more than he had calculated. Uh, so we can and, and there there's indications and, and like I say one of the accounts I heard yesterday was Bush Andy Cardin and one of the uh, analysts that he was talking to that literally was on Air Force One while they were in the air and he said look we don't have proof um, but he said but he gave him the name Osama bin Laden he said we've been watching this guy and you know they were involved in some of these other attempts mm-hmm. on this and we think he's your guy. Yeah, I had a guy, I said it earlier, but one guy said that, and I, and I guess he might have been CIA, I can't remember. He said, I know there are some people in, our, in the, that administration or in the government that said they were surprised by this. We were not. Mm-hmm. He said if, if, if they were surprised, then they weren't paying attention to what we were trying to tell them. Uh, Deborah in Hoover. Deborah, welcome to the Rick and Bubba Show. Go ahead. Hey, I read an article yesterday about uh – the female pilot that was sent to take down uh, United 93. And she was in an F-16 and had no ammunition on board. And she was planning what she was going to do, whether it be take out a wing or an engine. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Uh, I've heard nothing about that. They did interview one of the guys that ended up being flying protection for Air Force One about what it would be like to get that call. And I'd love to see her interview as well. I just Mm -hmm. haven't seen it. Yeah. And he, he really got choked up. He said, you know, when, when you're sitting there looking at a commercial airline from the United States of America, you know, filled with 40-something American citizens, and you realize that you're going to have to shoot it down, and he got choked up. He said that would, that would not be a pleasant situation. They didn't say that. I'm just paraphrasing. But then he stopped and kind of gathered himself. He said, but that's what we signed up to do. Yeah. <clears throat> we, we would ultimately do what we were told to do for the betterment of everybody else. Uh, we continue, but he, he, it was emotional to even con- thinking yeah. about what if I'd have been in that situation. And he wasn't called to that. He was over there at Air Force One, but the pilot, whomever was going to be called yeah. to do The that. pilot she is referring to is Lieutenant Heather Lucky Penny, who was on the runway at Andrews Air Force Base ready to fly. She had uh, uh, Her plane and her orders had been to bring down United Airlines Flight 93. But then the caller said she didn't have Lucky any weapons. Penny. She didn't Lucky have any Penny. weapons? I, I don't know. I haven't got that far into it. Uh, we continue. Uh, we go to um, Scott Haleyville. Scott, welcome to Rick and Bubba. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Hey, buddy. Um, I was just going to mention uh, a book that I read afterwards. Uh, it's called In My Seat. Uh, it's a perspective, a little different perspective from a pilot that is a pastor. Uh, that was assigned to fly one of those planes, uh, but never got the uh, confirmation call the night before. And they said it had only happened like a handful of times in his long career, but it's a little different perspective. Uh, the You know, he talks about his feelings yeah. getting ready the night before on September 10th to uh, fly one of those planes. But, you know, of course, one of his... His buddies was uh, in the seat, so um, yeah. I think I've heard his. I think I've heard him be interviewed before. I think I've heard the testimony on that before. I guess now he's got a, a book about that. You know, there were a lot of different stories of people that were supposed to be on one of those planes, either passengers or or working them, and something happened they didn't get on, and all that. There's always those yeah. interesting stories. Eight six six, we be big. Uh, let's go to um, uh, let's go to Michael in Alabama. Mike, Michael, welcome to Rick and Bubba. Go ahead. Hey guys, how y'all this morning? Good. Um, just uh, another caller kind of elaborated on that 
Nuff Flight 93, the pilot who was ordered to shoot it down. I read, I saw an interview with her commander where the, he was walking out and they got the orders to go do it. And he grabbed her. She was the first one kind of right there. And he said, look, we're going to go up there and we're going to take it down. And, you know, she brought up and said, we don't have any ammunition. He said, well, we're going to take it down however we have to. And he had the plan that they were going to try to aim their fighter jets at the cockpit and at a wing and try to eject at the last minute. And then she uh, decided, that, hey, there's no way that timing's way too close. You know, we could eject early and miss, whatever. So, you know, they made the call that they were going to both kamikaze it. Wow. And the reason they had ammunition was because at that time, DOD deemed it wasn't a threat for an air attack from anywhere. Right. So that's why we never had fighter planes, you know, sitting around wow. armed. Uh, I, I'm reading one of wow. the accounts wow. of that, and, and what you said is exactly correct. They didn't have time to load the plane with missiles, which was not a standing thing at that time. And they thought they were going to get in the air and be the first line of defense. They were hoping other planes would be armed after them. But it says they did have 105 lead-nosed bullets on board. So they did have some ability to shoot, but they didn't have the missile. Just shooting probably would not have brought that plane down. Right. But that, so they were, you know, they would probably have tried that first, but that was the eventual plan was to have to ram the plane. How about that? Yeah. So, uh, well, I guess we now will add this pilot and whatever other pilot was going to the list of people that are thankful for the American citizens that got the plane down themselves. Amen. You know, that's, that's some more lives that they likely saved. Because it sounds like that, to Bubba's point about, even though they had some weaponry, on a plane that big, they probably would have had to ram it and, and lose their own life. I, I, I imagine now that these uh, planes do have some missiles on them sitting on the ground. Probably so. You know, but, you know, that 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 lends some safety issues, too. I mean, you have lightning, yeah. you have, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, terrorist attacks on those. So that it, think about it. Up to then, it was like the hijack scenario. You didn't think anybody was going to do that, so they didn't have planes armed ready to take down commercial jets. Uh, it was a game changer in history and pretty big part of history. Uh, top of the hour. Thanks for being with us. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Proving daily that common sense is a superpower. American heroes, Rick and Bubba. Six minutes now past the hour of the Rick and Bubba show. Thank you for being with us. Here we go. I know your face. Wonderful Wheel of Meat hasn't spun yet this week. Could happen at any time on the program today, so be paying attention for that. Speedy, the real Greg Burgess, Helmsy, all here. Eddie Van Adler's got the YouTube option for you. Uh, Hash Brown Hero takes phone calls at 866-WE-BE-BIG. All right, Rick. I got, I got to add this one thing to the story. Welcome you back, Bill Bubba Bussy. There he is. Glad to be here. Thank all of y'all for being here. We're, we're still talking and looking back at some 9-11 stuff. Um. The fighter pilot who went up, who was one of two that may have had to bring down Flight 93, um, uh, and her name is uh, Major Heather Penny, or her nickname Lucky, Lucky Penny. You like that? <laughs> that's um, that's a, a interesting. Get this. Uh, her father, John Penny, who also was a former fighter pilot, was a captain at United Airlines at the same time. He had been flying East Coast routes. All that month, the daughter had no way of knowing whether the father was airborne or not. In other words, in what could have been a strange twist, he could have been the, the, the captain of that plane that she would have been ordered to, sh- to shoot down. He was not, but she didn't know that at the time. Wow. 
So, you know, that had to be in the back of her mind, too. Yeah, no question. A uh, tough situation to be put in, and like I say, thank, thankfully those heroic citizens yeah. uh, kept her from being in that situation. So thank you to them again. Uh, all right, out of the sports world, a, a couple of things that we're looking at here, and, and we'll unpack this NCAA California thing. I know the kickoff hour touched on that, but that's been a while ago. Uh, but Antonio Brown, uh, his accuser, um, you know, now the NFL is going to talk to her, uh, and that's that should be happening today or uh, it's it's uh, this week i know and uh, but now you know all the where did this woman come from how did, how did she meet antonio brown what was their relationship on and off and and all of this and one of the things that uh, uh, has risen up and i did see this in one of the articles yesterday but now today it's it's the focus of one of the articles uh, that they actually met each other at central michigan in an fca bible study hmm. so Apparently, uh, well, yeah. somebody was not getting the lessons. There. Right. And that that. Uh, that is the. Mm. I'm afraid that's the famous. Uh, all you can do is bring the horse to the water, but you cannot make them drink. But yep. uh, so that, um, um, I, I don't. I, I guess that is some somewhat interesting in the story. But they're in college and at an FCA meeting, and uh, um, they're not going to miss the opportunity to make that point. But that that is not. All that surprising to me. I mean, no, honestly, no. Yeah, there's there, there's a lot of cultural Christianity. There's a lot of a process in people's life, including my own, where you may believe intellectually at one point, which kind of gets you even with demons because they do too. Uh, and then there comes that process of do you ever submit to the authority of Christ, repent and, and be justified and redeemed, and then continue the process of sanctification, which then gives you that power that raised Jesus from the dead that starts to give you victory through the power of, uh, of of the Holy Spirit over the sin in your life and makes you into that new creation. You know, just sitting and listening to people, you know, go through Bible studies or give messages does not necessarily mean that person has decided that they will take that and apply it to their life completely, or there could be ups and downs in people's lives and, and all of that, but they're making that part of the story today. But it's a bizarre story, this relationship between the two of them, and, uh, you know, neither one of them comes off looking very good in this, but it, but the bottom line is no matter who did what when, if anything criminal took place involving Antonio Brown and this young lady, uh, then of course he should pay the price for that. But the lawsuit, the thing against him from her is, is civil only, right? It's not a, yes. it's not a criminal yes. element to it. But the last time I checked, though, even in a civil case, if someone proves that you committed a crime, I mean, don't, I, I don't, don't you, know. I don't you, know. It's I mean, odd to me. People why. just people just don't let that go, do they? I mean, it's like, um, but um, well, he practiced for the first time yesterday with the Patriots, and and uh, they're at Miami Sunday, the early game. So, what what are the Patriots? Is is there are they doing the famous? He plays until something's proven that he shouldn't play. I guess you know trying to get something out of Belichick is pretty tough. It is. He has it no is. comments on and, and everything. You know, so. Can the league step in and suspend him? Well, uh, we, they could, yes. I think they said that they were looking at it, and I, I saw something, but I don't think they had made a, a ruling. That we've may talked be about this. With her, probably, we've talked about this before. The NFL is investigating. Well, their investigators are no better than the the legal investigators. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know why. I guess we see this process played out. It seems like we handle them different ways, and some of it is more PR than it is legal. But shouldn't we just let law enforcement handle it? 
And then when they have an outcome, then the NFL responds to that. Because to me, it almost seems like, and I'm not an Antonio Brown defender by any stretch, Mm -mm. but shouldn't we let the due process in this work out before we start pulling people off the field and all that? Or is it is it just the PR now? It's the well, it's the PR. And, and does yeah. the NFL have a rule that says, "Hey, if you're even accused of this, we're going to pull you off"? And is that legal to do that? Well, yeah, because now you've gone back to this again. What we talked about with the national anthem, you know, there's when you work for a company and the NFL is saying <clears throat> our company policies may not be the same as the way the judicial system works. Right. right. We may have a company policy that even if you're being accused of something. As opposed to saying, until we know what really happened, you continue to work. Their policy may be, until we know what really happened, you don't get to work. I don't, well, know. See, I don't I, know what the policy is. I don't is. even know if you can do that. And you, you see this with uh, police officers and teachers a lot of time. When they're accused of something, they're put on administrative leave. In other words, they're taken off the job till it can be sorted out, but they're still paid. Well, he, right. I heard that this morning. He would be paid. Yeah, they, I was, they yeah, would put yeah, him yeah. on paid. I meant to exactly. clarify that. I just mean right. they would keep him off the right. field. Right, right. They, they can't keep him from being paid until he's been found guilty yeah. of something. But they can decide whether it's, it's, it's complicated. complicated. They I mean, that. Yeah. it's very, very complicated because even in like in his case, when you pull him off the field, you you're damaging his career. Because a lot of his contract is based on incentives and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't know how you handle these things. I mean, it. Uh, you wish law enforcement could move a little quicker on it and give you a thumbs up or thumbs down. You know. Well, and then you get into you know the behavior. And again, I'm not. I'm not justifying the behavior, and I'm certainly not defending Antonio Brown. No, you're talking about how does a business just work. Just a procedure. Yeah. How, how does a, any business work when you have accusations but you don't right. have – And not trample the Constitution. Uh, right. uh, well, well, apparently NFL representatives are supposed to meet with the accuser one-on-one next week and have an interview with her. And and like y'all said, that, that, that he could be at that point placed on the exempt list, which makes him ineligible but on paid leave. Uh, so, we'll so, so let's say the NFL – Again, I don't. The NFL to me, I don't know how they can have investigators. It's going to be better than the. I know people who do that. That point is valid. I've so, never understood. But so, they have so a history of, of ruling uh, yeah. that it just, and it doesn't match up with the legal system. Well, let's say we're the investigators for the NFL. We go talk to this young lady, and we feel like she has a valid complaint. Okay, right. So we take uh, Antonio Brown off the field. Well, then at some point, his legal process works out, and he is found innocent. Mm-hmm. Right. Now what have we done? We've damaged him. We've cost him money. We've cost him incentives. Are we liable now? How does all that play out? I don't know. I know. I'm just asking the question. I'm just sitting in the stands going, hey, how's that work? Yeah, and, and you get into this thing where you you have a relationship that even Brown admits to uh, with this young lady, and then they have a falling out, and then he he, he according to her, tried to – reconnect with her in 2017 saying, Hey, I just need you to help me improve flexibility and strengthen my ankles and my fast twitch muscles. That's a quote from that. Uh, and she said that they clarified before she went back to do this. We don't have a relationship anymore. There's clear boundaries. La la la. This is her allegation. I'm just telling you what's in the suit. And she said that within a month of them working together again, he burst in on her and then enforced himself uh, on her, uh, and then uh, she uh, she said that. Uh, uh, then they start going back saying that they met during Christian fellowship days, that they were paired together in a Bible study, 
uh, and all this. And then, of course, she produces the text of, uh, of him, which was not very, very nice, and it was really, really bad. Uh, and she's claiming they were even watching one of the Bible study videos um, and that he uh, did something to her that was, that was very, very demeaning and, and left her dismayed, confused, and embarrassed. And then she goes on to say that, um, you know, he got he, at one point he he does uh, what she's describing as full 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 on rape. So, so you don't you don't know. I, I don't know what's true, what's not true. But this, if um, what, what we're saying now is the process goes on, how, what do you do with Antonio Brown and uh, the Patriots? And it sounds like the NFL is saying we have the right to keep you off the field and unable to play. You'll continue to be paid just like you describe of administrative mm-hmm. leave. And till we get to the bottom of this, and they're interviewing the young lady, I guess, to hear what her allegations are, which mm-hmm. probably will help them decide what they're going to do with what they would deem an employee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And and it looks like here that um, he has one thing in his favor, and it doesn't appear that his accuser ever contacted police about any of the allegations. Uh, and there's no criminal record into the active investigations into his sexual assault. So. That's one thing that they say is on in his favor is that nothing was ever filed and there's no criminal investigation into this. Right. She does have a polygraph that the polygrapher says she passed. And right. from what he sees, she's telling the truth, but I don't know how much weight that holds. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba's in Ohio. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Pass the gravy, please. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Ooh, it brings me to my knees. Twenty-two minutes past the hour of the Rick and Bubba Show. Eight six six. We be big is our number. So, anyway, so the Antonio Brown story uh, as it stands, uh, there you know, there's a civil lawsuit and uh, uh, the woman making these various claims. Uh, Antonio uh, is not married. Uh, does have a longtime girlfriend. Has three children with her. Yep. And there's another woman somewhere that he has two other children Correct. with. Yep. And uh, and then there was a relationship of some sort uh, that was consensual, according to Antonio Brown, to some degree. And then with her, there there's the there's a, what you do see sadly sometimes this on again off again. Some of the things that were alleged he did, a lot of us just level thinking. And I understand people can, you know, I've certainly made bad decisions throughout my life. You know, you would think if the things that she alleged had happened the way she said they happened you wouldn't have started up a relationship with him again the third time. Yeah. Uh, now, certainly. Those not. first two incidents that, that she mentioned earlier yeah. should have. No, that doesn't mean it didn't I'm happen. Not, I'm just, no, yeah, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. No, it no, just no, seems just that, saying, that's probably, probably going to. She's got a polygraph that'll help. This over here will hurt. And then Speedy said Antonio Brown's agent is saying, we can't let this kind of stuff stand because if, if she's just trying to do something civil just to get money <clears throat> and is not doing anything criminal – but yet she's claiming something criminal happened, but all I want is to be paid. And you can see that he was asked for money one time for a gym she was starting that he didn't, he denied. Yeah, 1.6 million. Didn't, didn't, that if, 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 now I would, I know how the agents see it. And that is, we don't, we got a bunch of players with a bunch of women. And if women think they can just do this kind of stuff to, to extort money from the players, this is going to be happening at every turn. Now I'm just saying that from the, what the agent is talking about. I don't know what happened. And I certainly do not hold the behavior of the things we do know about Antonio Brown in any high regard. Because my next statement would be, 
I would like to talk to the NFL players about this. Don't sleep with multiple women and have multiple kids strode out all over the country and you don't get in these situations. You know, that's it, probably it, good it, advice for everybody, yeah, Rick. I would not, say not that just to, NFL to, to, to all me. I tell Greg, I can't <laughs> think of I, – I, and I said it, it's, it's so few, there's so few that one of them doesn't even come to mind. That's how few it is. I cannot think of any situation that I've had to deal with in my life that was not positive, that was negative or a struggle. I can't really think of any off the top of my head that I didn't cause. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, my biggest enemy is myself. And so, and most of the, the things I have to struggle with because of past behavior is on me. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for redemption. I'm certainly a new creation. And, and, and I hope uh, by the grace of God to finish well. But most of the things that I, that have happened, I, I had, there was something in my life that was some decision that, 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 cause adverse things to be the fruit of that. So I would say to, to men everywhere, and I know some of you don't may not be men of faith, I get it, and if we would live the way God said to live, a lot of these things would never happen to us. Okay? Mm-hmm. You, you would avoid a lot of this. It may be that God's not trying to be unreasonable. It may be that he actually loves us, and the way he said to do things is the better way to do it. Rick, I have a common saying when I greet friends and people will ask me how I'm doing. I say, the only problems I've got are the ones I brought on myself. Right. That's it. <laughs> and right. so many times that's the case. Right. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, but I'm, I'm, I don't know who's, who's, who's telling the truth and who's not in this situation. But I do look at, you know, the Rick Burgess before redemption. I look at Antonio Brown, and I say, a lot of times your behavior puts you in these situations. Yep. Uh, no matter what happened. So, so how about change your behavior? Uh, so anyway, so there's that. Uh, let's talk about this other thing that's um, not near as heinous, but uh, interesting. The NCAA telling California not so fast. Uh, we yeah. we had reported on this story earlier. California's assembly has passed Rick seventy two to nothing. The latest bill that would require that uh, uh, that 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 state colleges would have to share uh, the profits that they make with the players from these schools. Now, California is the home to 58 NCAA member schools, and the problem with this is that the NCAA is saying, wait a minute, guys, if you pass this, and it's on the governor's desk, he's either got to sign it or or let it become law or veto it, Mm -hmm. um, that you're going to make all your schools ineligible for postseason play. In other words, you can't be in the championship round. Right. You're not part of our club now. And California acknowledges that, but they're trying to force the NCAA to change their rules. They're going, you're not going to have much of a membership if nobody in California is in it. And, and, and in addition to just sharing profits, this would allow them to hire agents and sign endorsement deals too. And so they're saying that they would have an unfair recruiting advantage, according to the NCAA. Yeah. That's, that's what would make them ineligible. Yeah, well, and really what Bubba and I talked about earlier, yeah. it, it's almost like you agreed to be part of this association, and when you did, there's certain rules you must abide by. Now, you can certainly go off and do your own thing. You just can't be part of the association anymore. Yeah. Now, Rick, here, here, is the, <laughs> yeah. here is the exact wording. on The NCAA <laughs> is the top governing body for college sports. Membership is voluntary. Athletes can get valuable scholarships, but the NCAA has long banned paying athletes to preserve – the academic missions of colleges and universities. It would erase the critical distinction 
between college and professional athletes, the NCAA Board of Governors said in a letter to the governor of California. These outcomes are untenable and would negatively impact more than 24,000 California student-athletes across three divisions. Now, what they're saying is that the NCAA realizes they've got a problem. Oh, yeah. Okay, they got a problem here. And they have a committee that is looking into it. It is headed up by Ohio State's president, uh, who chairs the Board of Governors, and they are looking into this to see how they can change all of this. Um, they're saying now that uh, while their report is not due until October, the initial reports are that they are considering loosening up the ability to hire agents and to be paid for their image, but it does not include being paid or sharing in the money that the college sports make at this point. But that's just what the word is on it. That's not official. So really, Governor, he's got. If he doesn't sign it in 30 days, it'll become law, and they'll be it'll be a handle, right? That's it. All right. Bottom of the hour. We'll be right back. Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba. Thirty-five minutes past the hour. Phone calls coming in. There's the hash brown hero. He's focused and ready. And if you want to talk, you can. We'll go phone troll now. Any topic you want to discuss at 866-WE-BE-BIG. Lines are available. Make your move now. While you're making your move, I'm about to save somebody a lot of money right now uh, by pointing you to candidco.com slash Bubba. Uh, look, I know it seems odd to talk about Really, we shouldn't. It's here, guys. I mean, especially when we get older. Y'all realize it is Christmas. It's Thanksgiving. It's here. <laughs> it's here, guys. I'm yeah. sorry. It's here. Uh, but anyway, here's what you don't want. You got time right now. You know what you don't want. Everybody's taking pictures, and you don't want to take pictures because your teeth are jacked up. Okay, so let's let, 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 let's talk about that here for just a minute. Uh, you want to? But this year, you want to say, "I'm not closing my mouth this year in the photos. I'm going to smile. I'm going to be photo ready." And it's easier than ever to get clear aligners from CandidCo.com/bubba. Their aligners can help straighten your teeth faster than traditional wire braces. Treatment takes six. Months on the average, uh, and you know uh, they always have an experienced orthodontist that you're dealing with uh, that is licensed in your individual state. No matter where you're getting the show, they'll go to a licensed orthodontist in your state. Uh, that orthodontist will create a custom treatment plan for you. You'll see a 3D preview of how your teeth will look sure. after you're done. These aligners are comfortable, removable, and completely invisible. And they'll ship them to you. There's no hassle of going to the orthodontist office, rearranging your schedule, missing something important. Plus, and here it comes, wait for it, Speedy, this is for you. They cost 65% less than braces. Boom! Boom. Uh, So take our advice and get photo ready for the upcoming holiday season with straighter, brighter teeth from CandidCo.com slash Bubba. That URL gets you $75 off. There's also a link at rickandbubba.com under the sponsors. To the phones we go, and lines are available for you. Chris is standing by. Trolling, trolling, trolling. Keep them phones a trolling. Here we come, phone trolling. Phone troll. All right, Chris, go ahead. Hey, I got two quick points. Uh, with California wanting to pay their players, at least as far as Division One football, if they're not eligible, who cares? They're not in the SEC. They're not in the ACC. They're not going to a championship game anyway. And yeah. second of all... Go ahead and pay them so you'll have more problems like with all these other NFL players because all they are is pretty much thugs. And I have give up on 
NFL and watch college football only. So, so yeah, there's no thugs in college football. Not They're very all. well behaved. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, uh, <laughs> undoubtedly he missed the Miami-Florida game. But, anyway, so um, – uh, but I hear you. But, uh, it's, uh, but, but I think that's a pretty broad statement to say that USC, UCLA, Stanford – uh, none of the California. They never have a chance to ever be in the playoff. Utah. Well, and Utah's not in there, but they're in the Pac-12, and that will affect essentially yeah. what's going on in yeah. that conference. Yeah, I just, it'll mess the whole. See, that's the whole thing up. that people don't and, understand about this. And here's the thing, too: Can an NCAA school play a non-NCAA that. school? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So you get into that. Ain't got to play you now, Bill Bubba Bussy. Yeah, it's gonna get. Uh, California's trying to throw a monkey wrench in it to force the NCAA to do something, right? Well, and Helmsy brought up a point earlier, and he brought it up again in the break. But, guys, we're talking about in the NFL, everybody gets paid, and then the people who are more high profile make more money than those that don't. Right. How in the world do you figure that out in college football? Well, and, and, well, I mean, I mean, and Rick, there's, my, only, there's only a few college football programs that actually make money. I that, know. That's it. And, yeah. and that's the thing. What are you going to do? I mean, let's just say there's 15 of them that actually make money, and I don't remember the last stats, but it's something like that. What are you going to do with the other 115 programs? How are they going to deal with it? It's funny that I used LSU as an example, and it's on the TV up there, but let's take them. Okay, you've got – I can think of four guys on their team that, that stand out to me. Quarterback Burrow, uh, Jefferson, the receiver, Delpit, the, the guy on defense, and then Fournette's brother that's there tearing it up. So you got four names there. Outside of that, can anyone in the room – Name me another player that plays on any any other sport at LSU. I bet you li- those listeners in Louisiana can. Oh, I'm sure they can, but that's in Louisiana. No, Not you. and when we're talking about likeness and I paying know, guys right. for a national right. platform. There's four guys, right? And there may be five, six, seven, eight. That's not the point. The but point it's still is, the problem. It's still an issue. Okay, now do you pay those four guys something, or do you pay everybody based off those four guys? And then what happens to the rest of the other sports? Right. Baseball. This is an issue in basketball and football. This is not an issue in, in any other sport. Not even baseball. So well, I, I don't mind California pushing the NCAA on this, but at some point you can't just do a law and say I'm going to take my ball and go home. You need a plan. And right. nobody has a plan for this. Right. Yeah, I, just, if I would just like baseball to offer scholarships, and and so a coach doesn't have to feel like a used car salesman. Exactly. when he's having to split up. Okay, yeah. you get this percent, you get, you get books, that and then you get you tuition. Got, I got over here. Well, yeah. and I what's going to happen? Gracious. What Helmsy's talking about, and you having baseball players, you you've seen it firsthand. The thing that Bubba and Helmsy are talking about is going to make that situation even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Because now the and football team's already gonna, there the football now team's because gonna be, of Title Nine stuff. The football oh, team's yeah, going to be going. Hey, we got to have more money. We got to. You know, and, and like you said, there's some football's in a very expensive sport. Yeah. So like you said, all those that don't make a profit but they see it brings students in or whatever. So now you're gonna go, here's how much football costs you already. Oh, it's about to cost you even more. And does scout team get paid? You know, the practice squads get paid in the NFL. They don't get paid as much, but they get paid. So does does that person get paid? That's the whole I point mean, of this. Right. Well, if you if you're going to implement that, you've got to have the plan. Very difficult. You you can't say right. we're going to pay them and then try to figure it out. Yeah. I, I think you're right. You, the devil's in the details. You got to have that planned ahead of time. Now, one thing I do think they ought to let them do is be able to have an agent because if you, I mean, if you're a responsible adult, you need an accountant, you need an attorney, and if you're yeah. in that line of business, you need an agent, and the agents can help to tell them if they need to stay in school or they have marketability, no matter if they pay them or not. I think they ought to let them be able to get that professional advice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't – and I think you're going to see some adjustments, and I hope that's what California – Basketball, you know, already do that. Is right? trying to do, but, 
But if this governor and then come back if you don't go pro, if you don't have an agent, you can do it. It's it's seventy two to nothing on the vote. If the governor does not step in, this is going to pass in thirty days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So and it's going to it's going to be a mess. And and then the NCAA will have to sue California, and California will sue the NCAA to let their schools be in. And we're going to get this. It's a voluntary membership argument that we see with the the high school athletic associations all over the country, and it's going to be a big mess. We need to go back to the way things used to be, (laughs) unlimited scholarships, and people who loved the program paid the best players to come there and paid them while they were there and gave them jobs. Just just let the capitalistic society take care of it, Rick. If you (laughs) want to give a player money, you give them money. Because the boosters, boosters, for all their negativity about boosters, they knew which players needed to be paid. Yeah, and how about and they, this? And they didn't pay the bad players. Hey, <laughs> they only paid the good ones. And they came up with the money, and the school didn't have to come up with it. Right. Yeah. See there, that's not even extra cost. No. No. Look, I, I'm not going to be the guy. Is that a win-win? And I used to be like this that? guy, by the way. Hey, getting an education. What more do they need? I'm not going to be that guy anymore. Okay? <laughs> I like because, that guy. Because I like that because guy. things have changed. Right. Technology, oh, yeah. videos, sure. Instagram, yeah. social media, all that has changed. There's way more money in it now than there used to be. Yeah. And so I agree with the NCAA and California that right. there is an issue. Right. But I don't know where you start on this thing. Yeah, and, and let me tell you something. There ain't nothing free about that education they no. get. No. Oh, no. no. I mean, no, they, they, they work their tails off. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to Lee in Tuscaloosa. Lee, go ahead. Welcome to the program. Hey, fellas. How y'all doing today? Good. Great. Right. Well, see, I'm looking at it wrong. It, California don't give a rip about them athletes getting paid. What they see is 24,000 more people they can tax in the park. <laughs> yeah, there's some truth to that too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're right. Better phone would even make it great. Yeah. But, but oh, yeah. ha- listen, how about this? If they if they start taking money out of the football money to pay the athletes who play football, that's going to hurt their budgets for the non-generating sports, especially female, that they're under Title IX to to supply. So mm-hmm. you're gonna have you're yeah. gonna have federal lawsuits uh, working against each other. Well, here's where you don't have to worry about Title IX. Declaring no gender is going to destroy Title IX. Right, that's right, going to be right. over anyway. Yeah. 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 Right. Good point. They be, hey, they hadn't thought that hey, through they, either. They, no, they, they have not. Really no, they have Hey, let me tell you all you penguin people. You ain't thought that through. Okay. <laughs> Refer back to early in the show. Yeah, when, people, when, when gender goes away, we don't need Title IX. That's right. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, no, y'all going to destroy Title IX. Yep. With all you no gender. We continue. <laughs> uh, let's go to Bo in Tuscumbia. Bo, welcome to Rick and Bubba. Go ahead. Hey, Biggins. Uh, yeah, I was just telling you, you were talking about paying players. And one school, uh, uh, there was a report not too long ago about them spending $4 million in recruiting this year. And I want to know how you spend $4 million recruiting. My understanding, you go to visit a kid, that's a plane ride or a car drive, and you keep up with him during the year. Now, where does that $4 million come from? Yep. Also, you're talking about uh, money. You know, now in most uh, – with and in, in, in the SEC with the big – Four million is actually cheap uh, expense for recruiting. Yeah, it's usually it's usually well, a lot more than that. Mailers, you got all. you're forgetting about how much they've spent on print. And most of the most of the time, the the big time athletes to get a coach to them is private planes, which are very expensive. Yeah. And look, you have an army of people True. who or are are filling out spreadsheets behind the scenes, yes. telling them we need to look at this guy, look yeah. at that guy. I mean the the personnel alone yeah. behind this and the services. See, some of them don't have them in house; they use a service. Oh, you get to four million dollars quick. Yes, yeah. you can mm-hmm. quick yeah, if you, if you I, gonna I could, do it right. I could yeah. see how that could you could fly through that pretty quick, uh, we even can, without the planes. And then there is yeah. a lot of planes. Uh, Angelie, welcome to the Rick and Bubba show. Go ahead. 
Yeah, you know, a year ago, we moved from California, not originally from there, but we moved to the Birmingham area because of the craziness. And, you know, everything they do there is all tax-related. Oh, yeah. So I can't help but think extending now the taxpayers down to these college athletes, these football players you're talking about, seems to just be a reach just to get more tax dollars for the state. Yeah, you had another caller say the same thing, and that would be very California-like. California's going to keep taxing until they're about the third smallest state in the union. <laughs> Everybody's going to head out of there. You know, I saw the other day that uh, Juan Williams tries to claim, of course, if you tax enough, I guess you can get there, that California had a surplus. But I guess if you're taking everything from everybody, you probably do have a lot of it. The, the people just don't have any. Rick, I would check that accounting again. Yeah, I would too. He <laughs> Usually said, people who tax like that spend even more. He said that, and I kind of tilted my head, and I said, that's got to be a paper, a paper game there. Rick and Bubba. minutes to the top of the hour of the Rick and Bubba show. We're back. Thanks for being with us. O'Reilly Auto Parts. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Upcoming events. Excited about October. Hunter Street Baptist, Birmingham, Alabama. Going to be speaking to the men there at Man Church, and I can't wait to be with you October the 3rd. October the 9th, FCA Fields of Faith, Hillcrest High School Stadium. Rich Wingo and I will be together for that, and that's going to be a great evening. You're all invited to attend October the 20th over to Woodstock, Georgia, and I'll be there. Man Church over there talking to the men with Momentum Events. You can get all that information for October the 20th, all that at rickandbubba.com under upcoming events. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. The wonderful will of meat is ready. And we will spin it. Brought to you by our friends at perryanddavid.com, 1-800-Flowers.com. Rick and Bubba items are also on the wheel. Uh, We got Moultrie on the wheel, Buzzbox Coffee on the wheel, Blaze TV on the wheel. But there are some potential pitfalls. Not everybody is a winner. Now to the golden ticket seats today, uh, we now offer an opportunity. uh, A birthday girl, you first. Uh, an opportunity for us to have some guest people come spin the wheel. If you would like to, you can come forward. Now, there's more people in the golden ticket seats than we're probably going to spin, so you have to really want to to come forward, and I can't guarantee <laughs> you'll get a spin. Now, our birthday girl, she gets an automatic spin because she's the birthday girl. That's, that's uh, what you do with birthday girl. Me, that's me. it. All right, so here's what we're going to do. All right, so uh, tell, us, uh, tell us your name. Catherine. Catherine, happy birthday. Thank and, you and this much. is your And this is your third visit to the Rick and Bubba Show? It is my annual pilgrimage on my birthday. Well, <laughs> well thank you so much. You. You're so kind. All right, so you you know what you're listening for, right? And you, somebody has I to say, do know that. Wow, what a wheel. That's a veteran. <laughs> it's good to have a veteran. Let's go to Ohio. Dotting the eye for us today is Lisa. Lisa, welcome to Rick Hi. and Bubba. What do you say to the birthday girl? Wow, what a wheel. Give it a spin. Yes. Good job. It was a birthday spin. Lisa, how you get the Rick yeah. and Bubba show? Uh, Blaze TV. Blaze you, uh, well, actually on YouTube. I got you, yeah, but you found us there. I got you. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
Flowers! 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 Smell it! Lisa, would you like to have beautiful multicolored roses come to you or two dozen red roses? Multicolored. Multicolored. Got, got a little variety. Lisa, thanks for watching. We put you on hold. We'll get your information. And we'll go. All right, to next. Uh, thank you, birthday girl. Next, next we uh, I think it's an anniversary here. Oh, look out. Come on. And then, and then I think we got birthdays coming up. Uh, yeah, okay, come on. Right, come on. Uh, man, what's your name? Cat. All right, Cat. 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 Cat's going here. All right, happy anniversary, Cat. Uh, now, Cat may be branch kin to me, Rick. Uh, really? Struck up in the break. Yeah. E-Y or I-E? E-Y. E-Y. Yeah. You're an E-Y? Uh, uh, E-Y. All right, yeah. Tim, what do you say to, uh, to, to, our, uh, to Cat here? Wow, what a week. Come on, Cat. It's my anniversary. Yeah. All right, let's see what happens for Tim in Georgia, the Peach State, checking in. All right. Georgia, how do you feel about the – Tim, how about the dogs this year? You think it's going to happen? I think good. No, it looks pretty good. All right, here we go. Yeah. Okay. Meat, 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 meat. it is, Timmy. Timmy, you got meat. $50 gift card from Harry and David.com. All right, uh, we'll continue. Another winner there, Cat. Nice spin. Uh, all right, let's go to Adrian. Uh, Adrian, Adrian, Adrian is in Birmingham, Alabama. Listen to 1047 WZZK. And who's going to spin, Speedy? Rick, we got Hank, Cat's Hank. husband. Hank. Hey, I'm Cat's husband. Man, yeah. anniversary. All right, Hank, take that beard and spin. Adrian, what do you say to Hank? Wow, what a wheel. Oh, uh, yeah. I tell you. Big Bank Hank. Big Bank Hank. That thing may roll for a week. There you go. Turn it loose. Hammer and hate. I got my beard perfect. And it's my anniversary. We might go to break and come back. There you go. All right, right, Adrian, let's see what happens. Come on, baby. Uh, Yeah, it could be me. Oh, yeah. Henry the horse. Henry the horse. Adrian. Look out. Step out of the way. Nobody get hurt. Here he comes. Hey, Henry. Henry. You know, I was listening to the Rick and Bubba show the other day, and I heard Speedy's selling his house. Yes, that's true. So there's three homes involved, and everything has to work out perfectly between all three homeowners? It's a domino, yeah. (laughs) Good luck, buddy. (laughs) I wanted to hear me the horse mojo. Henry's beside him. Henry. Henry appears to be a little out of breath. <laughs> he trotted in a pretty good way. What a horse. horse. Hey. Like a hey. All right. To Auburn, Alabama, Luke listened to us on I-92, WLWI. Luke, Luke, who's up spinning this time? Another birthday boy? Rick, we've got Charles, and his birthday is later this month. All right, Charles, happy Wider. birthday later in the month. <laughs> Wider comes to spin. <laughs> a minute ago, his wife said that he has a decision to make whether he wants to be married to her or keep this mustache. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, you're going to shave it. Luke, what do you say? Keep the mustache. Wow, what a win! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, put a little English on. He got a style guy. Like you know, kind of a style guy. All right, let's see what happens for Luke and Auburn. What Come are we on. looking for? Me. Flowers, flowers, flowers. Smell it. Uh, Luke, uh, well, I 
see the grease I put on that wheel really worked. <laughs> it really did, Bubba. Nice maintenance. All right, Luke, you've got yourself two dozen red roses uh, because Lisa up in Ohio took the multicolored. So you get the red roses. Those are classics. And uh, you nice. need to tell us who we need to send those to. We'll put you on hold and connect you with 1-800-Flowers.com. We thank you for watching or listening oh. to the Rick and Bubba show, whichever you do. Thanks, man. Or, or, if, you do, or, or if you do both. So there we go. We got, no, I got to tell you, a lot of energy today in the room. A lot of energy. For the now. meat. Our <laughs> the wheel of meat. What, what is the wheel? Meat! <laughs> <laughs> it is a wheel of <laughs> Congratulations to our winners. And good to see Henry the Horse again. Top of the hour. If you're leaving us, have a big day. You know, you can get all of the Rick and Bubba content every day by going to rickandbubba.com. All the information is there. If you're staying with us, we'll be right back. If not, have a great day. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Hurrah! This is R. Lee Ermey, better known as Gunnery Sergeant Hartman. I am listening to the Rick and Bubba show. Two fine, outstanding young American heart charts. Six minutes past the hour from the broadcast plaza and teleport. Speedy, the real Greg Burgess, Helmsy, Eddie Van Adler, all here for another hour. 25 years of the Rick and Bubba show. Everybody's standing around in the dark because the light's too dim to see. Put your hands together and welcome back Bill Bubba Bussy for a brand new hour. Hey, Rick, I'm so glad to be here. Honored and privileged. Thank you for the opportunity to do so. All right, so we, we have a couple of stories. You mentioned one about the Beatles, and it's interesting that you mentioned this because um, I watched uh, the big interview with Dan Rather on uh, Access TV, and um, they do this on Tuesday nights when they get a new season. They interview you know a bunch of different people. And so they were interviewing Ringo Starr, and uh, it was just so funny that I just saw this Tuesday night, and now you're talking about this and he was he, he was he, he was he was talking about the fact now who was it on this Ringo Starr Ringo. the big interview with Dan Rather on yeah, Axis TV yeah, yeah. and so he was and it is it is funny to think about and everybody needs to think about this too when you think about your life it's very similar to what you any, any of these people that are entertainers of any kind that they have a lot of success when they're young but if they if they have their health and something tragic doesn't happen unfortunately like John Lennon they you got a lot of life left and, and when Ringo Starr was saying, you know, my life, even though certainly the Beatles is the most well-known period of my life, it was only eight years. Yeah. And he said, I've actually been out doing Ringo Starr's all-star band oh, yeah. and all this stuff for 30 years. Yeah. And he said, think about that. That really, something about that just hit me. So he's really done something else other than the Beatles Three times longer than he did the yeah, Beatles. How about that? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, but and he made a funny story. He goes, "No, look, those eight years." He said, "We came up with some pretty good tracks." <laughs> and, 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 and they started. Well, they got a pinball machine. Well, and he also yeah. and he also told the story. You know, we have the Beatles pinball machine here in, in the studio. He also told the story, and I know something about this hits Bubba. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, about Pete. Uh, Pete, Pete Best. Best. Yeah, yeah. Bubba, Bubba's obsessed with Pete Best. And, well, and he's it, he's it, the it, guy that got left behind. He was the first drummer go. and bailed out of his own choice. Right? I think he got fired. Didn't he? Well, this is how I can't remember. But anyway, he he should have been yeah. in that group, and he wasn't. Well, Ringo. So to me, that's almost as interesting as the people who made it. The ones who almost made. I it. remember years ago there was a TV movie, and nobody knows if it's. 
accurate, but it was like that he was really popular and the others were jealous of him. And I don't, and they probably did that just for the movie. Yeah, I'm sure that's his story. Yeah, yeah. But, Didn't they say he was – wasn't he kind of better looking than the others? Uh, yeah, they kind of went down And they were a little line. jealous of him because all the girls So they went and got him. Ringo, who was ugly. Really? That's, well, Ringo, I, Ringo did not tell it that way. But anyway, so what, <laughs> what, 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 happened, what, what he was saying, he didn't really deal with why Pete Best was Well, they said there was some jealousy. Yeah, there, I, then right? again, that was in the movie. I don't know. Right, I don't true. know if it's true. But what Ringo Starr said, and you never think about this, he was with some other band, and he said Liverpool, first of all, was an uphill climb. It, you know what it really reminded me of? And some of y'all just forgive me for this, especially what John Lennon said one time. And the reason why we just talked about it in Wednesday's Bible study, you know, when Nathaniel was told that, you know, by Philip that hey, we have found Messiah, and he says it's Jesus, Joseph's son, the carpenter from Nazareth. And he's like, Nothing can, good. can anything good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> yeah. And so he said Liverpool had the same <laughs> reputation, that nothing good comes out of Liverpool. These are low working class families, and nothing big had ever come out of that. And he said, but we had a little – you know, a band together. And he said, I was playing with a band that was really more popular than the Beatles in Liverpool. He said, but this band that I was in was only going to be big in Liverpool and the surrounding regions. And we certainly could make a living. And as far as our region of, of the country and our region of the world, w- this band was more popular than the Beatles. He said, but I would watch the Beatles and those three front guys. It was interesting that he said that the three front guys, John, Paul and George, I just was very impressed with. I thought they were very impressive as musicians, and they were coming up with songs, and I just felt well, like, he said, I just felt like that was more mod. I was almost in a band that was safer yeah. and more popular at the time, but didn't really have the potential to be anything other than that. Yeah. And he said, so a lot of people thought I was crazy because I was leaving a good pay, paying gig to go to these guys when they got rid of Pete Best and asked me, he said, I got a call from their manager saying, do I want to be the drummer with him? And he said, I didn't take any time. I was like, yes. And uh, so he Why said, yes, Why, yeah. I will. <laughs> and so um, talk, he said. Not, he said I had no idea that that's what it was going to be. But he <laughs> said I knew. I just felt like that was something that was more interesting than what I was in. And um, and so the rest, as they say, is history. But he said some things that that it was were interesting to me. He said number one, none of the Beatles um, had ever been. They they were not musical as far as had no musical training. Uh, they didn't know how to uh, read music or write music. That they would just come up with riffs and do lyrics and, and, and all of that. So they weren't like schooled musicians and yeah. had a great that education. That may have been one reason right. they were so popular. But, yeah, but he said, he said, and if you want to know why you have the catalog of the Beatles, which Bubba's about to get into, the, the number of songs you have, you can thank directly Paul McCartney. He said the rest of us did not have that work ethic. He said John <laughs> and I wanted to, we, go, we goofed off and, no one ever had to tell us to take a day off or go goof off a little bit. Mm-hmm. We were cutting up, goofing off, and playing. And he said it was Paul that would say, "Everybody needs to get to this to the studio, and we got these songs." And well, there we go. And, uh, how'd, you, how'd you do that? I don't know. Weird, like, I don't know. Kicked it in, right? Yeah. But anyway, he so said serious. So he said that Paul McCartney had the work ethic for us to have the songs that we have. Uh, he said, now, certainly all the guys in the band. That's were why t- Paul's worth as much money as he is now, because his name's on every one of them. Right. Yeah. He said, so Paul McCartney. Well, he didn't have as much as he used to have, yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, yeah he still didn't. Yeah, didn't get that back. So anyway, yeah. so that kind of leads to this story, and that is that there undoubtedly there was there was talk of, of one last final hurrah uh, that never came to be. Well, they, they're saying there's a newly unearthed recording of the Beatles, 
and it indicates they wanted to record one final album and go out on a high, uh, which would question the rumor if Oko Yono, Yoko Ono actually broke up the Fab Four. Now, the tape, which they date back to September the 8th, 1969, uh, features a conversation between John Lennon, Paul McCartney, and George Harrison at Apple's headquarters. And we're talking about Apple Music at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, and it was just two weeks after they finished the Abbey Row um, album. And Ringo was not there. He was actually in the hospital undergoing tests for intestinal problems. And apparently that's why they made the recording to send it to him so he could be in on it. That's Yoko. Y'all remember that? Yeah. Uh, Unbelievable. Now, the new audio suggests that far from being at each other's throats in 1969, which has previously been suggested, the band was planning on a new album and wanted to release a single in time for Christmas that year. Hmm. And they go on to talk about uh, the things that uh, were going on at the time, and, and several Beatle historians have chimed in on it and all that kind of stuff. But I think it would be interesting to listen to. They, they're they're kind of hacking on each other a little bit. Um, McCartney is heard questioning the song that Harrison wrote for the recently recorded Abbey Row. He says, I thought until this album that George's songs were not that good. Uh, Harrison, who wrote something, and here comes the sun, quickly retorts, it's all a matter of taste. All down the line, people have liked my songs. Lennon intervenes with a quip that no one in the band was a fan of McCartney's Maxwell Silver Hammer, also on Abbey Road. But McCartney insists, I recorded it because I liked it. (laughs) So... So is this saying things seem to be so good so Yoko must have been the issue? Or is it saying they're all getting along so she wasn't the issue? It it says that, um, you know, I'm still kind of plowing through this. I'd have to listen to it. um, But it it seems like they're they're much closer than other reports had indicated that the band was about to fly apart at this point anyway. So I think they're implying that she may have had more to do with it than we know. But I don't know. I don't. The story doesn't say that per se. How much of a bip is she in that picture right there? Right, right. Listen, that's right. Don't you stop that. Don't you. The, the guys are trying to have a band, a, a promo shot. He's got to bring his oh, wife. Yeah. He's, no, no, that's the thing. Why is she in the picture? Lennon became a WB. He was he a wife did. bringer. He Cost a, him. He was the guy that would have brought his wife to the hunting camp. Yeah. He's that guy. Oh, no. She's still doing it. That's art, y'all. And people stood around and listened to that. Yeah. It, it, it's the emperor has no clothes. I think she's making fun of everybody. I think real. she says because I'm tied to John Lennon, <laughs> Rick, I can do anything, and people have to act like that it was that it was a yeah. cool thing. Look, oh, we, oh, we oh. all know Yoko broke. Ah, we, we all we all know that Yoko broke the band up. Show ain't no doubt. Well, you can. I mean, look, she's showing you, up at all the pictures. Well, here's the thing, too. You hear the camaraderie between the three that's there. You know, Ringo's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. They appear to be getting along pretty well. So you add her to that mix, and that had to, to create some tension. Well, it's funny you said that in the interview the other night. The one thing that, that really was consistent in the interview was every time Dan Rather, you know, would try, it's almost like what, trying to watch Joe Biden do an interview, but mm-hmm. when Dan Rather would try to suggest. That well, y'all got got tired of each other, and everybody gets where they can't like all the. And he kept coming back. No, no, no. He said we were very close and all got along. And how about this? We all liked each other very much. And he kept coming back to that. So that kind of kind of supports. You so, know. so why did it end so right. abruptly? Right. He just 
Ringo Starr was, from what I and I think I saw like three quarters of the interview. From what I saw, he had remained kind of classy throughout the interview. Of like, he didn't throw anybody on the bus yeah. or yeah. anything like that. And he acted like you know, just things things run their course. They have a, they have a lifespan. Uh, Sixteen minutes past. More Rick and Bubba next. Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba. To the Rick and Bubba Show, the two sexiest fat men alive. You better believe it. Twenty-two minutes past the hour. I know what your tie-in is, right there. Of course you do. Of course you do. Also, uh, found out and Greg been telling me this. There was discussion. Uh, Ringo Starr's brother-in-law is Joe Walsh. Now that is a. I bet that's a strange Thanksgiving yeah. get-together. Can you imagine? Both of them are married to the Bach sisters. Yep. Yeah, the one that was the Bond girl is Ringo's wife, and I don't know about the sister. Yeah, they were both actresses. <laughs> both, but uh, can you imagine that family get together? <laughs> so, so that 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 was part of it too. All right, we have an update, and on- he actually played on some of the Beatles cuts and the uh, studio musician. Yeah, who, not, Billy not, Preston. Yeah, not but not not Joe Walsh. Billy, yeah, Billy Preston. Preston. Sure. How about we have an update on the story that we brought you not long ago? News update. It's a Rick and Bubba news. Update. It's a Rick and Bubba news. News update. It's a Rick and Bubba news. Everybody. News update. Have you talked to Joe Walsh on Ham Radio lately? I I have never talked to him on Ham Radio, what? but I'd love to. What? Yeah. You, I mean, how can you call yourself a ham? <laughs> what about Skunk Baxter? Have you talked to Skunk? No. no. <laughs> oh, he's doing missile defense. He yeah, yeah, that's a whole other deal. That's another All right, speaking of missile defense, you remember we had the Chinese businesswoman uh, that was wandering oh, yeah. around, uh, is it Mar-a-Lago? Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago, one of Trump's properties. Well, you're on the water. And you remember when they – Water man's back. You know, when the, you know when they found her, she said, oh, I just I just, I just, I just wandered around to us. I just lost. Really? You know what I mean? I don't know if it was like it that. It was something like that. <laughs> I don't know where I'm my lago. Okay. And, uh, you Laughing. know, and, and so <laughs> she claimed that she was just a bumbling tourist. Uh, and then uh, we, we tended to think she might be more like a, an agent – of uh of Beijing, mm-hmm. uh well, I thought she was there to do somebody's nails. We we have we have. It looks like we are we are. Uh, <laughs> Greg, I don't think you, I don't even know if Greg, you can say v- that. That's Vietnamese. So the, uh, <laughs> you, you, that's Vietnamese. Is it, was she not Vietnamese? Do not do not lump Asian <laughs> people all into one well, big I, lump. I think Asian when I think nails. Yeah, but that's Vietnamese. It's okay. not it's, it's not different. Chinese. That's a, different. I, that's a whole different things, game. Just think it. Don't say <laughs> it. That's close. Almost like you, you, I wish Greg, you could text you, us what you're did, thinking yeah, before you did say Did you it. take your medicine today? Right. <laughs> <laughs> we can tell the days you skip. We can. Yeah. We can. <laughs> really, the days that you're the safest are the days you're so sleepy you fall asleep during the show. That's right. 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 Does that medicine make you sleepy? Is that a side effect? That's of it. it. <laughs> yes, is it? <laughs> uh, here's what we know about her. We, we're ruling out bumbling Henry tourists. We're, we're ruling out bumbling tourists. We're, Bubba, she's in jail. Oh yeah, uh, and and we've had her there since March the March the thirtieth. She's facing up to one year in prison on the trespassing charge, and five years on the false statement by saying that she was just a tourist. Yeah, uh, yeah five for that. Yeah, yeah and you so don't, don't lie to the federal agents, guys. They take it serious. Don't they? Mm-hmm. And, it's serious business. So uh, we got some lying going on. So no one has been able to say that you're one hundred percent, you know, some rogue agent from Red China, but it, it doesn't look good. You're not a bumbling steward. <laughs> we know that. 
No, that's five for that. <laughs> that's you hear me? That'll be five. How <laughs> about five. that? That'll be a fiver. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't tell people you're a bumbling tourist and not be one. <laughs> but that seems kind of severe for. It kind of does. I, I wondered then on the Mar. Mar-a-Lago, what are these, what are these well, names? Well, I'm so uncomfortable with talking talk about Trump. to Mar-a-Lago. I imagine they get that, that charge on her and then go, look, we'll knock that thing down with a little you know, information yeah. here Why who you're you reporting here? to. Thank you. Well, they didn't like her shooting videos with her cell phone. Uh, no, and uh, one of the receptionists there thought she looked um, suspicious, mm-hmm. and they went mm-hmm. out to uh, – can you imagine? It was one thing to work at a Trump property before he was the leader of the free world. Can you imagine now? Mm. Oh my gosh! Watch it. The, the nut jobs that you get there. No. Good night. So so anyway, uh, Greg, this is one for you. Type two diabetes may have been on the decline. Yes, that's oh, good. That's good. good to hear that. That's good. Sugar down. A uh, number of new cases has dropped by a third yeah. in parts of the Western world. You can thank Trulicity for that. <laughs> is that what you're on? Trulicity? No, it's uh, it's is that the one that's diet driven? Can you uh, top two is the yeah. one? Yeah, that yeah. 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 Can, can be, can be. But, but sometimes, like some of us with cholesterol, it can be genetic as well. Exactly. Yeah. And you try to do everything you want to do, and yeah. then your number don't ever move. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. now. I was asked an uncomfortable question from mom about your type two. Uh-oh. What's mom? I mean, I, well, she asked me how you're eating here. And she said, is Greg taking Uh-oh. care of himself? She said, is he? Did you tattle on your brother? No, I didn't say anything. I know how I, you I, like to make him look bad to your mom. I told her that, uh-huh. I told her that if birthday, if bir- I, I said, if birthday cake is a contributor to type two, we got issues. Elf. Elf it is. Elf corner piece. Voice is going Greg, Greg, Greg. <laughs> Go ahead and take your switch. Greg, I said if. I don't know whether they're tied together. <laughs> and and I and I told her, I said, if you and I were parents and Greg and Greg was our son, I said, we gotta get him away from that Bill Bubba Bus. <laughs> so good. He's a bad influence. <laughs> uh, look, I'm eating like, two sleeves of. Greg, of Greg, I don't like this musty kid. This musty kid's a bad influence. You talking about the cookie monster? Over there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, good, right? That's one of my favorites. Uh, well, that's obvious. I tell you one thing. I hope so. You know what I say to you, friend? Ahoy. Yeah. Chips. Ahoy. Look, Ahoy. look. Some of y'all that's think. Fun. Some of y'all think y'all being nice, but y'all killing the show. Y'all killing yeah. people on the show. Oh yeah, are. yeah, yeah. Helmsy Ahoy. was sit, was leaning in front of the cookies up against the counter, mm-hmm. the countertop, because that's where the oh, cookies were. Not getting away. And he came over there, and I thought he was gonna. I really, I thought he was gonna push. It. Here's what I want to ask: Has he taken two chips Ahoy yet? I'm back on Bubba now. Not, not, not top two over here. Oh yeah, you talk about I've like, had a few chips Ahoy today. Has, has he done the thing where you put peanut butter between them yet? <laughs> Not today. Not today. Oh, <laughs> just remind you. Just That's remind good. you. And I hope one of those good Not knives today. are in there that I'd really get it on there and spread it good. And this is what I want to tell the audience. I want to tell the audience. Some of y'all can hear me now. If you there's something that a show member likes, just bring a little bit of it. Yeah. You know, you bring, right. if you bring six bags of Chips Ahoy, then... Rick, let's I mean, not tell the audience deep. what they need to do. They, they can they can run their own affairs. Well, I know, but, but you know, I just I just they don't run their own affairs. Yeah. <laughs> but you but you know how sometimes you love something, and you can love it right to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's you can. You know, you know how the the kid played too rough with the puppy. Yeah, oh yeah, sure. You, you can love it right to death. Yeah. <laughs> and I will pet him in coffee. <laughs> <laughs>
So I told mom that I'm, I'm, I got my own. Okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> you're, hey, you're probably going to get a call. I'm going to tell you you lied. <laughs> Bottom of the hour. We'll be right back. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Here we go. It's time for the people to come on in at 866-WE-BE-BIG-LINES are available and available to you. Here we go. And if you dial it right now, we'll get you set up and get you ready to go. Long distance, directly assistance. Hey, Mary, come at 212. I say, hey, hey, mama, this is Mr. Rhythm and Blues. All right, so I do want to point you to therabreath.com. Always good news for the golden ticket seats uh, before we do our group pictures after is that we all use therabreath, so no stank breath coming your way today, uh, especially for those of you that have special days today. You know, bad breath can turn things. Uh, but uh, therabreath has got everything you need, not only the stuff to prepare for the day, uh, but also the lozenges to have available to you when you, you know, drink some a couple cups of coffee maybe or uh, you ate something that was a little spicy at lunch and uh, or breakfast, and you you need to get that uh, breath feeling fresh again, get that confidence back. Those lozenges are great. Also, if you just do a lot of presentations, it helps with dry mouth and to keep your mouth moist. Uh, so these products are great, and and they're available at over a hundred different retailers. You should be able to find them just about anywhere. Uh, they've got them, of course, at the Walgreens, Walmart, CVS, Target, Publix, Kroger, Winn Dixie, and more. There's a full list, and all the products are also available at therabreath.com. Slash Rick and Bubba. That'll get you some free samples there if you use that URL, therabreath.com slash Rick and Bubba. Also, you can go to rickandbubba.com. It's right there under the sponsors button. All right, so uh, let's get started. Uh, we'll start with Stephen out of Meridian, Mississippi, listening to us on the buzz. Lines are available if you're trying to get in. Trolling, trolling, trolling. Keep them phones a trolling. Here we come, phone trolling, phone trolls. Stephen, <laughs> go ahead, 30 seconds. How are you? Triple deck. Hey, I'm good. I'm also tubing, by the way. Are you tubing? Yeah. Right. No, he's tubing. Hey, Look at funny man, man gets. Hey! I'm tubing. Bring it on. Hey, hey, hey. Lay that cut to Lay that cut to He's not sure how to make it all work. That's so bad. <laughs> Speedy, quick. Why do I feel like I got peanut butter all over please, me? Please quit giving Bubba. <laughs> That's a triple decker, Rick. Chocolate chip cookies <laughs> with peanut butter in them. That's a three. All right. Three. Sure. Underwater <laughs> man. Underwater man's back. Three. All right. 30 seconds. Uh, Eat Steve. it. Eat it. All right. Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> hey, uh, I've been listening on and off all morning. I'm a paramedic instructor here in Meridian, Ooh. and you were talking earlier on about having to teach about mm-hmm. 9-11. Mm. Um, we have students now that are coming into this profession that are barely born on the September the 11th, yeah. and they don't know what it's about. And it affects our industry a lot more now than it did prior to September the 11th. Hmm. Uh, I would, th- well, uh, you know what I was thinking too, there are actually people studying to be a teacher right now, a history teacher that probably has not been taught this. We're going to have, we're going to have college students going into the teaching profession that don't even know about this. It was refreshing. Think about that. I did get one email from a history teacher and they, he said he does it in reverse. He goes current and then back. Okay. That helped a little bit. Who's he think he is? (laughs) That way, if he runs out of time. He would probably get in a lot of trouble, though, because the standards say not to do that. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, but I mean, couldn't you couldn't you hit the high points one a day? I mean, <clears throat> hope he's got know? tenure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Guys, you're not given enough that there are going to be students that become teachers that have not been taught this. Well, and at that point, it dies, right? Well, I was about to say, if you're going to be a teacher to teach history, shouldn't you know history? Well, I, mm. I mean, I'm not trying to be you know all legalistic here, but it seems yeah. like that would be a, a, yeah, a reasonable requirement. It's yeah. in the title. All, yeah. all history, not just some of it. I know. Uh, let's go to Geneva <laughs> and Hoover. Triple Decker. Listen to us on ZZK. Geneva, go ahead. Well, I tell you what, if y'all think Joe Walsh being uh, Ringo Starr's brother-in-law is, is a mess, my brain registered Joe Biden when you said that. <laughs> I just wrecked my car. You oh thought my. Ringo Starr and Joe Biden? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be a Thanksgiving gathering? Oh, oh my goodness. Stand up, Ringo. Uh, stand up. <laughs> my goodness, Ringo, Ringo what am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> How come John Lennon's not here yet? Good night, what am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> When's John and George getting here? <laughs> well, Holy moly. Holy moly, what am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, they're just as smart as any white kid. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, uh, anonymous, an anonymous caller, stand by, gentlemen, and lines are available if you're trying to get in. Anonymous, go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, just saw a story on our local Fox affiliate um, about a New Jersey couple who just found out that their two-year-old uh, daughter uh, just started developing Asian, uh, I guess, characteristics uh facial oh, I, I don't okay. and uh so i was wondering what rick would do if he was the little girl and what rick's voice uh the world all right so what do you mean are we are we thinking that there's a rat in the wood pile what no, are we they, thinking? they went to like a uh infertility, uh, oh. fertility thing and they they ended up with an asian child they, they got mixed up on the sample evidently oh yeah. so you mean that wasn't what they requested no, no, it, it I, was them. Yeah, it was oh, it's supposed oh, to be oh. their biological child. I got you. But so they ended up. It, so it wasn't like the other day where, where no, people no. adopted Rick, an embryo. I, I think it's a case where they took an egg and fertilized it in the test tube yeah. and reinstalled uh, the, for lack of a better term, embryo. In vitro, yeah. And uh, thank you, Bubba. Well, uh, and, and then you remember, I'm a former child, engineer. That's what our term for that would be. We're not, um, put, but we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not fixing cabinets. <laughs> we're, we're not putting a hard drive in it, Bubba. <laughs> right, well. Uh, so uh, oh, wow. the, uh, no, actually, we're not. Uh, but y'all uh, stop it. But now the child is as she uh, gets her features. She's Asian, right? So, well, so somebody, somebody, which yeah. is is great. So now you got an Asian couple somewhere going. What's up with this honky? Well, now you didn't think about that, did you? The other end. That's not what. No, they, no, they, I, don't, they I don't. I don't think they found that yet. But they they That's obviously reimplanted oh. the mm-hmm. wrong embryo. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mommy, I know look like you. No, no, go baby, go baby. <laughs> Well, that's, like, that's mommy. My, I don't know. Mommy, mommy, mommy. That's Nopi. Yeah. <laughs> nope, they didn't adopt Nopi, and they didn't have in vitro. But uh, mommy, I don't care. You know what? Honestly, though, if you it, listen, 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 all kidding aside, if you just want to go stereotypes. The, the the Asian family that ended up with the white kid. Well, we don't we don't well, we have that. We yet. don't have it. But it makes the story yet. better. Can I do that? Can I do my story? Because <laughs> yeah, now, like yeah. I said, because yeah. the odds of them, you know, they're the ones that should. Well, be, they got somebody's. But listen, they yeah. should be much more upset than the white family that got the Asian child because the white family just got an upgrade. I mean, you talk about we're talking about scholarships, academic for. scholarships. Mm-hmm. They could be headed to honor roll. Yeah, we're, we're yep. talking about. I mean, the, right. the Asian family that's ready for excellence and they got stuck with some white kid. There, yeah. the, you talk about a letdown. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's point. just going to play he, video games. Yeah, because you think because well, here's the thing: <laughs> if he's if he's not smart, he's not going to be athletic likely either. Oh, that's good. Point. I mean, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you, you, there's there's only so many ways you can go with this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He'll just want to play Fortnite stuff like that. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. see what I'm talking about. There it is.
You know, over here, the white family's got the Asian kid that's studying herself, studying yeah. so hard, mm-hmm. so ready, so prepared. Asian family, the white kid can't get him off Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> can't get him to move out. You know it. Mm-hmm. I know. All right, let's continue. 866-WE-BE-BIG. Uh, Christian in Tuscaloosa. Christian, go ahead, 30 seconds. Hey, guys, how y'all doing? Good. Yeah. Hey, I was going to let you know Helms was just talking about it, but I'm actually at the university right now studying to be a history teacher, and pretty much everything I've ever learned about 9-11 came from my own study. Like in high school, we never really went over it all. Well, wait a minute. So, I'm telling you. So, Hamsey Spear is right. I, 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 You're studying to be a history teacher, and nobody's taught you about 9/11. Not, not in the classroom. You had not to, you had to pursue it on your own. You well, how, how come? Let me ask you this: How, how come? Tom, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. leaving. Got the flag. it. Well, right. really, most time, most time in in classes, we really don't get that far to current events. Guys, we we got to well, talk about that's, current that's, events. Come that, on, y'all. But that's 18, 18 years ago. Now. It wasn't yesterday. Right, that True. we were just celebrating. You're, but yeah. back, I, could, I could see if you didn't get to the Trump presidency. Yeah. Well, what what yeah. what he's saying, or even the Clintons. Yeah. What, what he's yeah. saying is what the caller told us earlier in the show. Yeah, is that the way we're teaching the curriculum updated. right now has not been updated, and they're still stopping about the Vietnam War and not getting any further. Yeah, and and that that is we got to go back well, and, and redo that. Yeah, we got to well, do. Let me ask that. you this: do, do the teachers even have that option, or is it are they bound by? A textbook that has been approved by some group that oversees yes. them. That's, and that's a yes. Because yes, the only teachers who are teaching it say they're going rogue. Yep. They're doing it on their own. The mandated government curriculum does not have 9-11. Correct. Yes, we got to do better than that, y'all. Come on. Come on now. We can't. Come on now. Uh, let's go to uh, Rodney, South Alabama. Rodney, welcome to the Rick and Bubba Show. 30 seconds and go. Hey, the comedian from Texas that uh, does the phone pranks. What's his name? Willie. Uh, Willie P. Anyhow. Willie P. Willie Richard. P. Remember when he had the, his uh, wife thought they had the fucking baby and they didn't know how it was going to, they didn't know Spanish. They were scared it was going to speak Spanish. Well, that Chinese baby grows up, speaks Chinese. They won't know how to speak funny. Chinese. That, that is Your face funny. is hitting the dog. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you the funniest part about it. Huh. Guess what Hash Brown Hero put on the board for me to what? take that call? <laughs> Guy wants to talk about Frank Caliendo. Uh-uh. <laughs> That's I think funny. he must just guess. Yeah. <laughs> we continue. Uh, let's go to um, uh, Jerry in Piedmont. Jerry, welcome to the program. 30 seconds. Go ahead. Hey, guys, yesterday I was the last caller, and my phone dumped my call before I could finish talking about Speedy and not being able to pronounce the new gay bank. Yes. What I was wanting to what I was wanting to finish up with that is to let Speedy know that I've been out here really bragging about him, about how much he's turned around since his affair with Richard Simmons. <laughs> That's good, by the way. That's terrible. Oh, I like Let's go to Diane. Diane, 30 seconds. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, I wanted to call and talk about my grandchildren in elementary school. They're not taught history. So me and my son go to the library, and we get books on Alabama history uh, and our uh, wars, World War One, World War Two. So that's how he's taught about American history. By the way, I want to tell all school people, you are you all happy now? Yeah. Now, people, I mean, you might as well just cut out the middle, man, just homeschool. Picture it. Uh, all right, we'll be back. 14 minutes to the top of the hour. Final phone calls of the hour. Anybody got anything that you want to cover, you can. We'll look at any stories we may have missed. We'll say hello to all of our guests in the golden ticket seats. 
More of the Rick and Bubba Show coming your way right after this. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba's in Ohio! Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Pass the gravy, please. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Ooh, it brings me to my knees. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. I can't start another. We're back eight minutes to the top of the hour. Rick and Bubba, thanks for being with us today. Golden ticket seats. I got a ticket. Hey, hey. Today, let's say hello to Charles and Ashley Coburn. There they are. Charles got a birthday coming up this month. Uh, how about uh, Steve Partridge? Where's Steve? Right there, big Steve with us. David uh, Carter? Where's that? Partridge? Maybe a letter left. Oh, uh, you left out several letters, David. I mean, <laughs> you, you did not finish. Your, your, your IDGE is not there. Uh, so, anyway. So another partridge back there, uh, David. Uh, also, uh, Bill Fisher went to work, but he was here. Uh, Catherine and Ka- uh, Harwell. Where's Catherine? That's the birthday girl right there on the front. Cat uh, and Hank Hayden here today celebrating their anniversary. One, two. Happy anniversary, baby. I got you on my mind. And everybody takes home a pound of BuzzBox coffee. They also take home a Rick and Bubba double CD. And the ladies here today... They pick up a gift from our friends at White House Interiors, a little charming privately owned store there uh, in the Greystone area of Birmingham. Uh, and uh, Marie James and the staff picked uh, all their little merchandise and have it there almost new daily, stuff to look over, 10 years experience, some really cool stuff uh, for decor for the home so the ladies can enjoy a gift certificate today on any purchase. They're going to save themselves $25. Uh, so, um, you can uh, take this with you from White House Interiors today. There we go. Enjoy your shopping time. Great place. All right, so um, we have uh, we have more calls standing by. You know, we had this thing with with Casio Kid Cortez, but it just seems I, I know that people have it out there now. But this guy that's with ICE, I've seen him screaming at this committee several times. Right over the last several weeks, are we just now still showing highlights from that, and people put it out? Uh, or they keep bringing him back and dogging him again. I now mean, it, it looks like um, it looks like uh, Rashida Tlaib uh, was calling out the former ICE director. And um, every time it, you say that name, I think you're talking about the safety for the Titans. That's right. Funny. Years ago. That's funny. Funny. And then um, and then I, I have her comments, and then he goes to respond at the end, and AOC tries to cut him off uh because watch the person next to her bubba show her the gavel and, <laughs> yeah. and, and she grabs you want, you and want, she, she uh, slams that gavel down like she's gonna call order you want to leave first and the comments are just his response because she tries to light into him and yeah well, well, let's hear it all. let me hear it all, all right. Right. thank sure. you uh, mr holman uh, as a fellow american i just want you to know your contribution as acting director of ICE under this administration will always be remembered as one that was very ruthless and inhumane treatment of asylum seekers. As the author of the separation policy and now of this sick, you know, preventing people, sick children before this committee, uh, seeking life-saving medical treatment. I will continue always, this is probably the third time I think you before this, this chamber, okay. that I'm deeply troubled by your opening statement and continued assault on innocent lives. 
And I ask that this administration please stop playing politics with the lives of the children before this committee, but also with the lives of many Americans that are directly impacted by the continued broken immigration system in the our country. Thank time. you so much. Right, so, so, so she finishes, and well, it goes on and on and on. And I'm going to try to find it here because it's just buried in, in the story. DACA and DACA. Uh, hold on. Let me find it here. And this is his response end. coming up. First of all, I served my country for 34 years. I saved many lives, and I ran an agency. Let's be frank in what ICE does. I, ICE, last year, took a, a season of op- opioids off the streets of this country that could have killed every man, woman, and child in the United States twice. They've arrested thousands of sexual predators that, that pre- uh, uh, preyed on children. They rescued thousands of children who were, who were victims of, of predators. They arrested hundreds of women who were victims of sex trafficking. I am proud of the agency in ICE. And what we don't want to talk about is nearly 90% of everybody ICE arrests for immigration violations either have a criminal history or are pending criminal charges when they were found. I mean, they were found in a county jail, which most likely means they weren't a choir boy. So to, to mismeasures, what the, the work the men and women of ICE do is I find appalling that a member of Congress would, would withdraw that out there like that. The I, it, it, in my 34 years, I've never seen such expired. hate toward a law enforcement agency in my life that you want to Mr. abolish Holman, them the rather doing expired. your job and Mr. legislate. Holman, your if time they don't is like expired. it, legislate. You can't. If, I, Mr. I Holman, according to the rules of this committee, of enacting laws. Mr. Holman, your time is expired. The chair now recognizes Ms. Hill. Gosh, she's in mm-hmm. charge. Yeah. Yeah. There's, another, there's another angle. There that must you have been everybody. Let, everybody they, was they pointing to her. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. starts pointing to her again. She's right. We can say gavel up there. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like a child trying to pretend that she's doing something. Oh, it looks right. like she's in, in like, uh, hey, today I'm going to pretend to be something. Right. Hey, let's play judge. You know, I'll be the judge. Give me the gavel. And then we'll play with Barbies. <laughs> I mean, this looks ridiculous. I know. And, uh, and this guy making the. See, what this guy was saying is. I love the fantasy portrayal you have here. Now let's talk about what really happens. Mm-hmm. We we have opioids that that came in here that were that were so dangerous they could have killed the entire population of the country twice. Okay, twice. We 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 pulled off you know a big number. <laughs> we we pulled off we pulled off the children you forgetting that y'all love so much that were really being trafficked across the border. We we rescued them. We rescued women that have been caught in the sex trade. You're leaving that out. And ninety percent of everybody who's trying to come in here illegally have some sort of criminal situation we have to deal with. Now you're leaving all that out, and and I like what he says. Do your job, but you're, his time expired. Yeah, how about this? Your job is to legislate. Yeah, and you're why don't you stop all the propaganda and actually do what you're here to do? Yeah, something you want to change. So you, you, look, you, y'all you are the legislative body. You can change the law. He's only there to uh, enforce the law that's on the book. It goes back to what the guy from uh, uh, Nebraska said um, a year or so ago. Uh, and, of course, what time is with me now. It may have been longer than that, but I think it was a little over a year ago. And you remember he was giving the speech where he said, this whole body has forgotten that we are legislators. And and we've become activists. We've become – we're tr- we always try – to pass off to somebody else our responsibility. If there's something that needs to be changed in this country, we get in here and we legislate and we follow the process and we make law. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're doing everything but that. We're, we're, taking, yeah. we're taking everything we do, thanks for that agreement, and we're sending it over to the judicial branch, and that is not how this was set up. No, no, it's not. And he said and why, the reason why we don't want to do it is because politically we don't want to be held accountable for anything. We just want to grandstand and then hope the judicial branch 
will make a ruling that we then have to come back and go, well, we couldn't help it. You know, the judge has ruled. We're afraid to do our job. Legislate. That's your job. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba.